0: What's popping? What's popping? What's popping, Tim? Make it dip and make it dip and make it drop again. What is really the tea, y'all? It has been a hot minute, and I do mean a hot-ass minute. But, as always, we appreciate y'all sticking it out while we situate it out, and we love y'all for it. Speaking with you right now is your favorite fat host, and I do mean host. (laughs) I am Rashid, aka Freedom John, aka If You Love Me to Tip Right, and I'm sitting here with my best bitch, my best friend, that girl, yeah, Erica, aka Fat Badu, aka Eartha Clit, aka Where the Bilbo, Where the what, Where the Bilbo Baggins
1: at, yeah, Where the Bilbo Baggins at i love it. um i go by um <laughs> i actually go by bilbo swaggins um but also i do be bagging these niggas like bilbo
0: well you know i had gave a city girls reference you know if you uh, let me then see like right. see
1: no like i don't i don't know about it so
0: you know she'd be like you know where the bag at nigga where the bag at
1: but anyway what's going on sister Sister, you've been, you've been oh, all my mind. Mind. okay. And so the girls I'm doing, here. I'm doing amazing today. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. You know, it's like what 10 25 in the morning on Sunday. Happy Pride weekend to the girls. All to the girls and the gays the
2: fans. Queer, <laughs> okay, queer,
1: queer me out.
2: Okay, queer me out.
1: Hey, queer me out. Okay. At this point, you should make a um remix. Um, catch me out. Well, like, you know, you should definitely make a queer me out thing. I know you a rapper. Like, I don't know if the girls know, but I know um you really be out here with the bars and shit. And... Super iconic. Mm. Mm. Super iconic dopeness.
2: Yeah.
1: Anyway, <laughs> Um, I just really wanted to say that I'm really happy um, to be back here with you guys. Because I really did miss doing this. Um, Of course, like, life, you know, has its twists and turns and throws curveballs at all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah that's life and that's cool today we're going to do something different um with the girls room um so this week we're chalking up holla at your girl as a whole and we're doing an extended what's t segment that there's been so much and i mean so fucking much um going on since the last time we've been on the airwaves and we really just haven't provided our feedback on any of it so we're giving you all a half Of the inspiration this week in double the shit talking because it's the girls' room, so why not? Mm. And y'all know
0: we like to talk shit. So, yeah, one thing's for certain and two things for sure. I'm gonna talk my shit, but you're gonna feel the love at the end of the day. So, (laughs) yeah. And to share the love today, we will be sharing two support requests for It's Giving just to be able to fill in some of that time gap that we may have for the girls and um we may need to just minimize the workload on the podcast sometimes but that doesn't mean the quantity or the quality has to shift right
1: in regards to what we give our girls and listeners you know period and today we're going to be talking about a, at least at least eight different topics um for what's tea, um that the world has been talking about lately and y'all know that's going to always be a key because it's us uh there's no spill milk or love lost with the episode we just really need to chill sometimes and that's okay and that's something that we're continuously learning. Since folks were asking, what's the tea with us, we just figured that we would make a full episode and talk about what the tea is and spill it. So let's start with our first It's Giving shout out. Um, going to our extended What's Tea segment, I'm thinking, and then let's end the episode with our second It's Giving shout out. Does that feel cool?
0: That feels immaculate. That definitely feels good. Perf. <laughs> <laughs> Perf. Let's so get into our first It's Giving of the day. It's giving as a segment where Erica and myself, of course, uplift one mutual aid call for support, and we ask that our listeners give what they can, right? And if they can. The girls' room always wants its listeners to remember that it's important to give when you can to those in need. Let's lend a hand and remember that you can't be out here just talking to talk, but you gotta be out here walking, walk it, walk it. Uh walk it like I like talking. Talk hey, uh, hey. uh, uh, uh. Oh wow. Miko's during Pride Month. Very homophobic of me. Anyways, we all we want all of our listeners to know that while we talk our shit on this show,
1: love is the message. So, who do we have for the girls today? I'm sorry. I just want to say this real quick before I say what our is giving thing is today. I love that love is the message from the episode in February has just continuously spilled over into our other. Um, episodes and I think that that's really amazing because love is always the message with us like despite what we say like it's just and also just the podcast is so love. I have so much love for Rashid yeah and we love doing this podcast so I just I just wanted to say that I think that's really decent absolutely and I was just
0: gonna say like I think that it's like always the like the listeners as well mm-hmm. like hearing how like again it's one thing to have a very big following of people who like listen and are constantly tweeting at you but I feel like we have don't get me wrong we don't have like 2 3 listeners we have about like a good like steady 100 listeners at least like every episode Yeah. yeah. Um and it always grows beyond that like I think our most listened to episode is like maybe like 3 to 400 streams mm-hmm. which is cool to me right because We
1: actually have a new um fan it's the guy from Twitter the one that um
0: Oh Mr Mouth.
1: Yeah. Shout I'm out to a, him.
0: Yeah. I saw that he likes to eat out anybody named Erica okay
1: well (laughs) (laughs) okay anyway you guys (laughs) anyway um, today, we're lifting up an icon, the icon, Icon Ebony Fierce, um, a friend and former guest of the girls' room. Um, Iconic is um, currently a Black trans non-binary drag performer and lives in the city of Philly, um, city of loves, love. So I figured that why not show Icon some love? Um, they do so much work in our community, um, try to spread the message of love and love is love. There's really no larger story here. Um, but it is Pride Month, and we really do think that Icon deserves the extra shine and some of their flowers while they're here with us. Um, again, Icon is just such a huge pillar um, mm-hmm. in the queer community of Philly. I think they do amazing work. Um, and very much like we said, love is the message. I really get the feeling that love is also the message with Icon. Always. So I think it's important that we do, yeah, lift, uplift this. Yes.
0: And it's also important to uplift that I actually met Icon for the first time in person. Um, what was That's crazy, too. And Friday? Right. Friday, yeah. Because me and Icon kind of have had each other on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and things like that and have been interacting back and forth. I've sat on panels for them. They sat on panels for me, slash the girls' room. So, you know, but exactly that, what you said, and you can give to Icon, who goes by they, she pronouns, this month and every other month by directly giving to their pay handles on Cash App at Money Sign, Icon Ebony Fierce, and on Venmo, at, at Icon Ebony Fierce. Feel free to reach out to the girls' room on social media if you have someone or a community group who is in need of some extra love and support. And thank you to all of our listeners who answer this call to support.
1: Yes, 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 girl. And it don't stop, period. I have to stop saying period. That's giving very it's much really... Colory
0: Bad. <laughs> TikTok, you don't yeah. stop, stop to the TikTok, you don't. That used to be my MySpace song.
2: Ooh,
0: I want to sex you up. You don't know that you never. No, I do, but dad? it just
1: it would no 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 I do I do. It's just that that was a throwback and I haven't heard it in so long. So when you said it, I was just like, oh my. It was definitely wait, my MySpace song for a long time. Wait, I'm really trying. What was my? Oh, you know what, Shorty like mine was my MySpace song. <laughs> I didn't look, I didn't search, and it's hard to so find a love shorty like mine. mine. Baby, that's fun I did the Oh no. That like, that's not right. No, I mean, like, it is, but it's like you just skip the part, and it's just like, addicted oh. to how we kick our right, anyway. I'm sorry because I'm about to really be in my bag. That was really my shit that was really that was really sad when Bow Wow um really dropped down from, from Grace's like from the Grace Day on shit Chris Brad. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like a double uh. whammy
0: over there. You just had one who's corny and the other one who's well, they're both cornier. Corny. <laughs>
1: I just like, but it was just so weird because Bow Wow really had like all those hits and like that joint album with Omarion and then like hit bankruptcy. So it was like, where the fuck did the money go? But whatever, it is what it is. I know I quit saying this, So I'm gonna just try to bring this shit back. But um, we did it's our first is giving, which was amazing. Again, give to Icon Ebony Fierce. Um, But I actually think that it's time for some tea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm really excited about this because I feel like there's really a lot going on, a lot that we haven't touched on. So I don't know, maybe that's just me, you know? yeah no
0: you're right on point so accurate and it's really been like very crazy out here and i don't think there's a soul that would argue with you about that if i'm being really honest um and if they did well i guess they'd be dead wrong huh but (laughs) but (laughs) what's the thesis what's first up on the chalk being okay
1: so this one was actually made me laugh a little bit um because whatever you'll see um I really just couldn't stop laughing um, when I read this. I peered onto the Shade Rooms page because I just wanted to see, like, you know, some things that happened. I don't know why specifically this day I chose to, but I peered on the Shade Room for a moment. And I can't do it often because, like, I really like to protect my peace and my mental health. And a lot of shit happens on the Shade Room. But I saw that Uzi, little Uzi Vert, Philly's Uzi, said that uh. Jack Harlow, Jack, Har- white Jack Harlow, by the way. Jack Harlow's is white, you guys, if you don't know. Um, That is not white privilege, is not benefiting from white privilege, cannot benefit from white privilege. And Rashi, by any chance, do you think you can guess why he says that Jack Harlow cannot benefit from white privilege?
0: So I know the answer, but I'm going to let you give it because, of course, I did my research when we were going through the topics. Um, I can share or you can share.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because he signed to a black label. Let's talk about it. Because... I don't like first of all, the arguments that people make about how white people, certain white people that can't benefit from white privilege really just like blows my mind. Because regardless of their social economic status, or in this case, being signed to a black label, what would being signed to a black label have to do with him not like his white privilege? Like, am I like, am I missing something? Like, where's what's yeah. going on?
0: And I think the annoying part about all of this is is where it stemmed from, which is the conversation around like him not knowing that Brandy and Ray J were siblings. Which to me, I really don't think is like in all honesty that serious. That's I do feel no. like Yeah, but I do feel like there are certain things, and there are certain like black families who are like pinnacles of like the music industry. And even though Ray J isn't like at the same level of success as Brandy, he has like carried R and B you know, he's had his moments in time. And I mean, he is a very much a Black culture, like, I guess you could say not pinnacle. What would you not say? Not icon, him? but
1: he's just like, but he, he's, he's like, a staple. Like, yeah. I mean, he's
0: a staple. I mean, he's not, I'm not yeah. like his biggest fan, but he still is a staple. Like he said, I'm not for the going for, I like he's been on Love and Hip Hop, One Wish, Sexy, excuse me, I hit it first. Kenai. And then Brandy and Ray J used to have their own show as well. So it's like, it's just no way that you don't know certain things like that. But no, again, I agree. But I think I, that that's the thing is like you come into these spaces and also Lil Lucy Burt wasn't the only person to defend him. Um, Run DMC actually defended him as well. So Run DMC was saying that basically, like, yeah, white people do have privilege and they are propped up across the world, but art has no color. And I'm like, eh, that kind of sounds ignorant coming
1: from somebody who's like one of the, I guess you can say pioneers of hip hop, right? but also like people had like to say that music has no color like that's like in like years ago when Beyonce was supposed to do the country music awards as well as people like and even like Lil Nas X um date wait what is his name Hootie the Blowfish what the fuck what Darius Rucker these are all black artists that have Darius is I he's a black he's black, he's a black he's a black country music artist Um, and it's just like white people push back so hard when these people decide, these people were able to do the country music awards because they're black. Like, again, like, do you remember like the, the crazy, um, shit storm that came when like Lil Nas X did um, Old Town Road and it was like the the country rap shit. So for them to say that love, I mean, I said love, but also... Love does has color. But um, but music has no color is really wild because it's like you don't accept everybody in these spaces. Black people literally accept anybody into the, the rap spaces and the RB spaces. And it's just like, which also goes back to like us inviting everybody to the fucking cookout. It's just like, why are we inviting everybody into our public these like into our private spaces? And this is for us.
0: Yeah. And I think just like adding on to that is just the idea that when you are in a certain industry. You're supposed to know about those who have paved the way for you. Yes, right, exactly. And, and that's where like, the ignorance comes from. And people can say that the two are different genres, but they overlap so many times, right? Yeah, 100%. Remember back in the day, the categories used to be hip hop and R&B. We are just now finally getting to a place where those categories are separated, like now they're trying to like well the BET awards this year which we'll get to later they actually put R and B and pop together which I still think is kind of like awkward and weird because pop is still a very different dynamic sound yeah R and B yeah hundred um, percent both great weird. right I actually enjoy R and B more but both great but that's the thing it's like. Even thinking back to, hmm, Ella Mai. Is that how you say her name? Ella or Ella One or the other, right? Child, up, I don't uh-uh. know. She's it's just, it's just another biracial
1: up. join. I don't know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Loving, loving. Um. Anyways, you know, shout out to Loving Virginia, that girl. Well, she's I British, just, so that doesn't really apply to her. It right?
1: doesn't. I was about to play like, Wade, but go ahead. <laughs> so... <laughs> So,
0: I remember when she was like on the Grammys carpet and they were doing like their Aretha tribute, and she was like, Oh my God, I love Aretha Franklin. And then they asked her like three songs that are her favorite, and she didn't know any of them. I think that that's really like a joke, right? And that's kind of what this was giving in a sense, where it's like, yeah. These are yeah. people who have paved the way for you. And you can say that Ray J didn't pave the way for him, but I mean, he did. And I mean, Ray J is still a way bigger legacy in the Black community than Jack Harlow will ever be. Um. And then, aside from that, I just think that J- Jack Harlow really ruined Glamorous, which was already infiltration of the black community by Fergie.
1: So <laughs> that first class. Song. So wait, so I did. So I've actually haven't heard any of Jack Harlow's songs. I'm gonna be completely honest; like, I just yeah. never had an interest. I think the only white people that I really listened to in like rap was like Eminem and Paul Wall. Oh wow, that's a really that's a very specific. I'm sorry, I used to I used to fangirl Paul Wall. It's oh, the no. Ice Man and Paul Wall. I have to be like, Ooh. yes yes that was my man okay i'm done but no but no it is but i yeah like, but like you said like he you know these people paved the way for you and i feel like you infiltrating black spaces you need to work twice as hard to try to figure out who these people are because it really is just disrespectful not to mention i also have a problem with jack harlow because didn't like he was at the fucking like like the horse dirt what whatever fucking was it the kentucky derps whatever black people these two black men were holding him up like they were fucking slaves to make sure that his shoes don't get dirty. And I'm like, don't I'm like what? Are you serious? It's just like, I don't know. I, I just feel like when you're white and you're in black spaces, you really need to educate yourself on all things black so that it doesn't come across as racist or like micro, you know, or like microaggressions or anything insulting in that nature. Um, even though I feel like their presence as a whole in these places are offensive, but yeah, Jack Harlow was young, I think and he's just dumb but i was just personally just pissed at uzi like i don't really have respect for uzi to begin with because then he basically bankrupt himself for like getting that jewel in the middle of his fucking forehead Aside from that, I don't know if he actually bankrupted himself. Well, not bankrupt himself, but it's just like you had you spent yeah, more mean, money so, than you needed to have to like imagine having to liquidate
0: so. your 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 forehead at one point in your life. That's what
1: I'm saying. Like it's just like <laughs> it's like the math wasn't making. I remember us talking about it, and I was this doesn't make any sense. It was just like Uzi is very odd. I think it's great that he's created space for like other alternative rappers who don't, you know, like you know do this whole stereotypical rapper thing but it's just like he just really bothers me despite the fact that he is from philly that and i think he has his own demons he fighting
0: child and he likes still paying restitutions he's on three-year probation he got like given three-year probation in like february from what i know um, Wait, really? because yeah, because he like ran up on his ex-girlfriend, I think her name was, like Britney or something like that, and some oh, rapper that she was yeah. out with, and then he like started fighting the guy, and then he like punched her. Is he a still few with JT? Yes, he is. This is embarrassing, girl. It What's is going? city girls down. I'm about to say
1: this is really like nobody talks about this
0: because I'm <laughs> just the thing. like it's like all of this stuff is so normalized, and that's why I'm like, I really don't even. Like, the opinions of some of these niggas really don't even pique my interest. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I already know who you niggas are, right? Like, you niggas don't fool me. You niggas don't, aren't actually aligned with any real morals or values. And so I really don't give a fuck. And sorry to him. Yeah. Bye, Raven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but... No, but, like, overall, like I said, like, it's just, like, with the, the whole concept that Jack Harlow can't benefit from white privilege because he signed to a black label, it just didn't make sense to me. And I really just thought that it was just the funniest thing, in my opinion. Um, it was embarrassing to read that Uzi said this shit because it just comes from a place of ignorance and stupidity and i hear a lot of i unfortunately i do hear a lot of black people saying things like this very often and i wish that we you know we spoke more outwardly about things like this um i always knew uzi was an idiot um but definitely just another level now and also after you telling me about the shit that happened with his ex-girlfriend um but yeah i don't know i just kind of hope because I like talking about stupid shit. I kind of hope you can keep the momentum going with something um other, you know, another witty topic um that's, you know, maybe not as stupid as this but also I welcome it if it is stupid, um stupider, I should say.
0: And I mean, we're going to get into like more of a conversation around like why his white privilege is prevalent even when you think about within black spaces, right? So we're talking about how he's, you know, a part of a black entertainment company, but that still has ascended him further than other Black people who have accomplished more than him. Also and because we'll he doesn't have later. talent. I, yeah. I mean, you know, I I didn't like that song First Class. I don't think it's good. I mean, it gets a lot of radio play whenever I'm in my Ubers, but you know, I have my headphones in anyway. So, I'm sorry you to sure? him.
2: <laughs> But not sorry to you. But,
1: um... No, overall, though, I just, also, maybe we should do, like, an episode about white privileges somewhere. like, you know, of course, that doesn't have to be rushed, but yeah, I don't know, but what do you have next? So,
0: I mean, as y'all know, it's Pride Month, so it's a month for the gays, but it is also Black History Month Part 2, as the Black girls have always been trailblazing for the queer spaces five Eva. and along with that, it's Juneteenth Month, right, so it's the time where our folks got free, or got the news that they were free, free, free at last. But are we really free? Find out on the next episode of Ripley's Believe It or Not. (laughs)
2: I'm sorry. It was just a fact that you told
0: Ripley's Believe It or Not.
2: It was just like,
0: Because do you believe it or not? (laughs) True. Okay. Okay. But back to the topic at hand. Walmart introduced a collection of Juneteenth shirts, party materials like plates and cups, and even, child, a celebration edition Juneteenth ice cream. And from what I've read, the special flavor was red velvet and cheesecake, which I'm not necessarily mad at, but also the small amount of cocoa powder in a red velvet cake is simply not enough to have me in awe of your support. Um, But anyways, not too long after its release, they removed it from shelves, right, due to the backlash from Black Black folks. And then they put out a press release saying Juneteenth holiday marks a celebration of freedom and independence. However, we receive feedback that a few times or a few items cause concern for some of our customers, and we sincerely apologize. We are reviewing our assortment and will remove items as appropriate. So, where are we feeling about this? Because I definitely have thoughts. I'm
1: sorry. It's a key. Like it really is. Like it's just. The way that well, first of all, I don't know who's like the head of these marketing meetings, but I really want to have a talk with them Um, because it's just like it just doesn't make sense. I don't understand what a Juneteenth ice cream could possibly do for black people or why they thought it would impress black people as a whole or even like those plates that said it's the freedom for me. First of all, who said it's the... Like, who? I'm sorry, who, did somebody
0: say... Is that what the plate said?
1: The plate said it's the freedom for me. You didn't oh. see... Yeah, it's like, it's the freedom for me and other shit. And I'm just <laughs> like, nobody said... <laughs> it's like, it's very... It's so similar to when white people try to say that black people, like, what, what was it a while ago? um they, the whitest white neighborhood said that like these black people um vandalized property innocent blacks rule and i'm like nobody says that like none of nobody us would say that rules. like it was just Which, like that's right. weird but yeah um i find it offensive and it's also just comical because after a certain point it's just like well what the fuck is going on here um it's very similar to when me and you talked about the way that they're branding similar but not the same of course Cadoba or chipotle saying homo estas it's just like i don't understand what level of popularity or what level of um inclusion they think they're achieving by doing these things to brain themselves but it's really just concerning for me it's concerning it's upsetting it's comical that's how i'm feeling about it personally um yeah it's the
0: language like you said it's the freedom for me That feels like when I'm like maybe at work or in some kind of professional space. And you know me, I speak the same. So one thing about it is when I'm finished saying something, I'm always going to say period so that you know I'm done. You know, you don't have to be sitting there looking around like, oh, you say no period, right? And, you know, period point blank is something that is like culturally and widely used, but like period has become or is very like black. Yeah. right mm-hmm. so that's very aave to me very like ebonics you know very me <laughs> very niche and so when i say period and then like a white person says like period back and i give them that look like Mm-mm, and they'd be like no and i'm like Mm-mm.
1: i'm sorry i would love to see those times. exchanges i would
0: it's happen, love happen to a few exchanges. times and it's like you know some things are just not for you right and I think that that's what they need to realize. And it's kind of like, it's so interesting. Like you said, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't remember if you said this, but I think it's just my thoughts. We're in pride month. Like, and it's just so interesting that this is happening. Like this hap- they're both in the same month and that we witnessed this years ago as it pertains to pride, right? Yeah. The commercialization, like becoming like this capitalistic thing. Um, you go into Target in June. It's like, Somebody shit at a rainbow, and it's actually the ugliest shit ever.
1: You know, this is also to add to this, and this is something I realized today. Like, if you like, so I was scrolling through like the fire stick, and like Paramount has like the Paramount thing, but like instead of like the starry sky, it's like the rainbow. I know? saw it. And I'm just like, well, what for what reason? Like, I don't understand. I really don't understand. Um, um i think Maybe like celebrate
0: pride i'm like but is it for y'all to celebrate yeah again?
1: no it's not and it's just like i understand the you know the want to you know do inclusion to make sure that um the queer community feel like they belong but it's like why not every day yeah why just in june and then you take this shit up july 1st yeah and it's just like and same thing with in each juneteenth black history month why don't you just share this energy every day
0: and I also feel like the things that people are offering are nothing of like substance to us. Like I'm sorry, but like some party favors and some cups, like it look cheap. Yeah.
1: You know that, yeah. That it's it's, re- it's really weird. What's terrible to me is there's some there's somebody, there's somewhere around Philly. Well, not Philly, around the world, like around the country, and somebody's um job through a Juneteenth party, I'm sure, and they got some of those party supplies. I know it. I know. Yeah, no, that is so sad. That There's is definitely. so sad to me. That's one token black person in the office has to fucking deal with it and they don't understand why they're insulted.
0: There's definitely somebody who was adopted by a white family who is definitely having its freedom for me.
1: <laughs> I really feel like Habitat would have done that. I 100% think Habitat would have done that and I would have been so pissed Ooh, off. Shout.
0: shout out to the transracial adoptees. I know some of y'all had it hard. Yeah.
1: I. I talked to a guy who was adopted to by white people, and he told me that, um, like, the prison industrial complex wasn't a thing. He told me that white supremacy is a tool that black people use to discriminate against themselves, and I was like, I couldn't have blocked him faster. It's just so sad, like the shit that happens when, like, you're not free with your people. I'm just like, it's just so sad how they're brainwashed. And also,
0: what's the tea behind like the food? Like, what's the tea behind like? The, the food inspired like the the just the celebration inspired like food that people do like i think the whole idea behind i think just the idea of like celebrate x y and z is very redundant if you're not a part of the community like no matter what community you're a part of like you don't see me on ramadan running around with a fucking kufi on my head like you know what i'm saying inshallah al-shallah, like you know what i'm saying i don't run around saying that shit or doing that shit like It's not my culture. It's not for me to talk about. It's not for me to partake in. Now, if I had maybe a Muslim friend or my dad is Muslim, right? So if my dad was to ever host like maybe like a a Ramadan or um like feast or something of the sort, right? I would probably go over there, right? And I would probably be amongst him. But I don't practice. There's nothing for me there. And I feel like there's no reason for me to be going around talking about celebrate Ramadan, I don't celebrate it that's fine but I will still fight for people to have the right to be able to celebrate it freely and shout out to I mean I don't really want to shout them out but (laughs) the school district of Philadelphia is now giving people um all for like holidays like Ramadan and things of that nature so you know years later yeah um (laughs) what were you saying no go ahead go ahead no, I was gonna say I think one of the, the the funnier things about this topic though was specifically like the rejected flavors that people were coming up with. So like shit like runaway sorbet and underground rocky road, <laughs> oh, savory oh, slavery.
1: I'm gonna keep it to mean if they named it, that I probably would have got it. But that's just that really is. Oh anything. no! Like, <laughs> what's not funny house shit? not house nougat and Field nougat. <laughs> Child. I love it oh, oh my no. god I love people's minds I think that the creativity really be jumping out the window but you know Robert what I thought was sun. Rashid no did you make wait I'm sorry in like...
0: my mother's house Are you... there is still god that's you what Ruby mean? D said was that Ruby no that wasn't Ruby D Ruby D was the mom hmm, who was the grandmother anyways yeah <laughs> I just remember Sidney Poitier because he was fine back then yeah
1: I think he was fine even in old age. Okay. Like I wouldn't have hit, but I can refute that. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, But I think the thing that was really most disturbing to me about this whole thing was like, that was a very distinct flavor that they chose. And apparently they sold it from a black owned ice cream brand. And it was the, the black owned ice cream brand is called Creamalicious.
0: So what you're saying is we still lost.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's, yeah. they're still unoriginal that's the thing that just takes me out though is right in all of the camaraderie and all of the allyship and all of the solidarity you are still stealing and aren't coming up with original concept
1: yeah like are you surprised because like they don't really I'm have a of their own like oh I'm
0: not baby girl remember my grandmother is white so I know ain't nothing original about them me. bitches ab original <laughs> irregular
1: it's just be like when rashi come up with stuff i just can't because it's just like how did you even think to do that but sad really sad i'm sorry to hear that
0: it's sad burberry plaid you and that drip that i already had they want to see me do my dance yeah, anyway, Chow, I don't know how many times we're going to just keep doing the same dance with these devils. I think that's why it was in my head. They want to see me do my dance. That's why that, I don't know if you're making that correlate. Yeah. Anyway. No, I
1: did. No, I did.
2: No, I did. <laughs> I was just staring at you.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like, we're going to keep doing this dance with these devils, whether it be corporations or just like interpersonal white people. You know, I mean, it's just a never-ending cycle of foolishness, like very coon and buffoon. And I really just declined. I decline. I decline. What is it? I declare Blair St. Clair. I used to hate Blair St. Clair her first Same. season. Same, you but know She made it up the second time she came back.
1: But yeah, but also like, never mind. I see, like I'm out the I'm I sorry, when, what we're be- going
0: to say? No, we're we're not going to go there. It would, yeah, no, we're not going to do that because that's
2: definitely. <laughs>
1: I just hate when they do when they tell these stories when they both get eliminated because it's like you still going home boo.
0: And it's so interesting though because it's almost like RuPaul like dates them into it. Like, do you have something mm-hmm. to say? And it'd well, be like- also
1: I just want to say her lip sync because I think that was I'm coming out, and I was just so underwhelmed by her whole lip sync for your life. I was like yeah i'm happy she grew up she
0: definitely grew, like, she did years and she, she probably and she, 12 year old but, but she when she came did but she got plastics time.
1: though like she definitely got plastics.
0: oh yeah like all of them you know who has to work well we're going to talk about drag race later so we can come back to that but you know this is just like a daily reminder that we hate trinity the Tuck.
1: yeah don't we <laughs> like don't we like i just oh
0: man but anyway let's move on let's keep it moving what's next boo
1: um, I know initially I said that I kind of hope that you don't find something you don't you don't say a topic that's like stupider than the whole thing with Uzi and Jack Harlow, but of course you did. You topped me and I love that. Um, because it really is ridiculous the way that they do they, the corporate America tries to commercialize black pro, blackness, and pride and shit like that. But um, I figured that since you brought up Juneteenth, I will also kind of throw my two cents in about some shit that I read. Um juneteenth bullshit why the fuck did the children's museum of indiana start selling the juneteenth watermelon salad Rashi? what's going on there i'm just like like it would be different <laughs> i'm sorry it would be different if they just put that shit out there like randomly but it said juneteenth salad on the labels <laughs> <laughs> I also want to go back to about maybe
0: like 30 <laughs> seconds ago when you said I topped you, but I'm a bottom dear. Anyways. Um, <laughs> um, Yeah. I mean, just more whiteness. I think that's kind of like just on brand what we were already talking about, but this specifically takes me back to, I believe it was my last year of LaSalle at being at LaSalle university. And I think my last year at LaSalle was honestly the most radical it had ever been on campus. I,
1: yeah, it, it was. It fucking yeah. was.
0: Yeah. And they I did. mean, that was because between myself having the Black Culture Society and then the AASL being established there, I just think there was so much like that was going on. And I think that was a great, that was definitely great, right? And we were also like, well, I had the initiative to like kind of band together with other, of course, uh, multicultural groups because like blackness lies within like various cultures, right? Yeah. So you can't really separate like the black culture society from something like the Gay Straight Alliance, or even like 100%. the hundred and Latinx, you know, um, collective or anything of the sort like that. So you know, it was very radical, but I, I remember as like a response to. All of the ask and things like that were, that we were asking on campus, you know, they didn't really follow through with any of our ask, but they did decide that they were going to give us a Black History Month catered dinner. And they gave mm. us a very specific menu. And one of the first things, of course, on the menu was fried
1: chicken. Fried chicken.
0: Yes. And mm-hmm. that's kind
1: of what that gives
0: me. But then also, seasoned? I just want to know what Black person eats watermelon fucking solid. Like, don't they put like balsamic vinegar and like feta cheese and shit like that on it?
1: Yes, I actually do. saw a picture of it to be yeah. honest,
0: and that shit looked disgusting. It looked bad. Like, it looked bad.
1: Shit. It looked bad. It looked ill-colored. It looked pale. Like, and it never looks only, like it looks like the watermelon is in season either.
0: Yeah, I just feel like not only are you going to patronize me and basically call me a nigger, but then you're also going to give me your off-brand nigger cuisine. I don't want that shit. Just Here throw me the motherfucking watermelon, and that, while you're at it, give me the knife. I'll cut that bitch up myself. Anything to keep y'all from putting it in solid virgin. If it's not with other fruits, I don't want it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, imagine eating balsamic vinegar off of a fucking watermelon. It that just shit sounds disgusting. It doesn't
1: really sit well with my spirit. Like, my I don't
0: for balsamic vinaigrette or vinegar so it's like that shit is very it has a very distinct taste it's kind of like i mean vinegary but then that balsamic flavor makes it even more like bitter i don't want that shit on my watermelon
1: i don't want that shit take that shit off personally not a fan of like combining the fruits with the salad like that's just how i feel because i'm just like I don't know. Like, I just want to keep it separated. I'm That's very like when much I in... learned that
0: people was putting strawberries and like apples and shit in their styles. And I was like, what? yeah,
1: yeah I'm very much in i seg- I'm me. very much in a segregation in that sense. Yeah. Very much. No loving Virginia.
0: Mm-mm.
2: No, uh, see, segregation see, here.
1: this is random. But like, did you ever like you like, you know how this, this the the watermelon stereotype came about? Because I didn't really know probably until your friend Kashara told me, please feel free. Sure. no they were no i was yeah but i was you know she said initially i wanted to check up on it but they were saying like when the slaves were in the field of course it was a longer height to get a to get water so instead the watermelon fields would be in closer proximity to where the slaves were working so they would kind of settle for um the watermelon instead of getting the actual water because of course like it's closer and but it also retains water it's like it's higher. yeah
0: i was gonna say watermelon is literally just like Flavor fucking water
1: yeah so it so when i found out that was so interesting because for so for so long it had been you know it watermelon has been perceived as like a a negative stereotype when in fact they were just trying to hydrate themselves and i don't understand why that's still a long run and joke with black people with watermelon that's kind of like the same for hush puppies
0: right like hush puppies were used to like silence like dogs Mm -hmm. and shit like that when like you know um black people were trying to escape and shit Okay, so,
1: th- we're giving all of these facts. I love this. I
0: know it's giving very it's giving love is the message. Yes. Giving knowledge, giving, you know, mutual, yeah, mutual exchange of information, you know. It's giving that's what snapple we're all facts. About. Exactly. Yes. Exactly, exactly that. Um, but yeah, just on the premise of just this watermelon salad, I really feel like it's tired. I really don't have much to say about that shit cuz I feel like we did a lot with the other June Team. No, I feel it, but I just kind of
1: I just wanted to just put that out there cuz I thought that was yeah. just like what like for me personally, I'm just really tired of all the performative bullshit. Um like white people and corporations will give us so many fucking things. So many fucking things that we don't need. Salad like we just said ice cream like like you said the fucking party favors. Um I'm sure they would give us some if they could give us some like Juneteenth shoes or some shit, they would. We're going to get some tap dancing shoes at some point, I'm sure. But it's just like, it's just like, I'm going to dance my pain away. I got a problem. Oh. <laughs>
0: Okay, you gotta like, you gotta blacken it yeah. up. This was a very like white topic.
1: I just want, I just want to say this real quick. If the, if the TikTok girls, if like this, if the new, if this like these new generation kids go on TikTok and start like doing that hip shit to that song, I'm really going snap. I'm tired of them doing that shit. They're Inspiring. definitely going
0: to rediscover that song.
1: When they did "You're a Jerk" and it, they it, they did everything but the jerk to it, I was I was I was beside myself.
0: There was a tweet. This is kind of unrelated, but also related, I guess, mm-hmm. in the sense of. Like younger folks figuring shit out. Somebody mm. on Twitter the other day was like, "I didn't know." They were like, "Oh, so you're telling me that Drew Barrymore is a real person and not just a scissor song?" And I'm like,
2: "What?" I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm like, no shade, but Drew Barrymore is a staple in like culture. So like, he has been in
1: the industry for so long. Yeah, like, like she like- started
0: with like ET and shit like that. Like she. Yeah. She's been in the game for a very long time and she has siblings. What that's something yeah. I didn't know. Was that the Barrymores are actually an acting family and I didn't yeah, know are. that until like last year or like 2 years before that.
1: She was part of the Superior Charlie's Angels, not that Kristen Stewart bullshit and the bitch from Aladdin, the New Aladdin. Like no, it's not it's, it wasn't giving for me.
0: So mm-hmm. I agree. I definitely agree.
1: But my bad, I we, I definitely made this quick saying it's my fault. No, you're good. But no, I was just gonna say, like, like I was saying, I am tired of all of this. I just feel like they give us everything except for what we need. And what we need is reparations. Like, give me, give me everything. Like, give me all your money, give me all the land, give me the mule too. I can make it, I can make some burgers out of it. Okay.
0: Give us the California State Reparations Committee. Purr. But I
1: just but I just wanted to say that like all of this is um what Rashi says, it's sad Burberry plaid. You and Ed that I already had, okay? Precisely, but what's next? <laughs> next caller.
0: So I'm not going to make the girls wait before I get into this. I know that everyone has gotten into the new season of Legendary, Legendary, ah! ah! On HBO Max, based on all the tweets and the reactions. It came out about maybe, what, two weeks ago? And every week on Thursday, about three episodes come out. So we're actually on our last week coming up. This week, Um, as you guys hear this, or as you folks hear this, this will be the last week of, like, a legendary release uh, will be the season finale. And, I mean, it's just so much that I guess I want to, like, talk about, given that I do think that this has been a very lackluster season performance-wise. And I hate to say that because I can't do none of that shit. What Asia Dow say, I don't give a fuck about none Another of that issue. shit. Hey, about that shit. Come on, Queen Vine. Anyways, (laughs) but (laughs) there have been some great moments that I think that have been shared between like the judges, the houses, and the guest judges. Um, and I think that there have been some great changes to the show as well as bad. So I just want to talk about it. So, the first thing I want to talk about, though,
1: is probably the best addition that they have to the show this season, which is Miss Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer is a gem like yes. I really do like I just think that everything that she touches is gold and also just the way that she carries her energy it's amazing and it's something that was needed because absolutely. I think they, they need to get rid of the the joint. What's her name? Jamila. They need to get rid of Jamila her. Jamil. Well, she's an really executive think, producer, so I don't think they ever really But I just, but really I just don't. Un, but I just don't understand why her as a judge. Why she should be there? I just don't think she really. Did. I didn't understand that either. But I think
0: the whole idea was like opening ballroom up to wider audiences. But I didn't get that either. But like that was my thing. Even with like Megan the Stallion. Her yeah, hundred percent. Like I didn't, I didn't like I didn't like
1: I didn't want to say it because like I love Megan, but also like yeah. it's just like I just didn't. But I nobody's above critique though yeah no i just also feel like i don't understand the purpose and kind of having people who wouldn't necessarily or usually be in the ballroom spaces or like you know these like these dancing spaces why we're welcoming them i can not get my word out but why we're welcoming them because i just feel like it was like sim- similar to like what y'all were talking about on your queer me out panel like about gatekeeping i just feel like something should be protected they
0: should be you're 100 yeah. right about that Like, you know, one thing about Kiki Palmer, the first key is for keep a check. And then the second key is for keep a bitch in check. And she has been doing Mm -hmm. very much both this season and all of her life, Jeff. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like the thing that I think is very different and I thought I was going to miss Megan and I don't. And I, I hate to say that. I don't that, really but think Megan really gave much. He didn't. And it's like when you actually sit there and you listen to the critiques that like Kiki Palmer gives, she gives the most dynamic critiques behind Laomi because she's been in this industry longer than any of them have. Like in the actual entertainment industry, she can do all that shit those people on stage do and more. So it's like she's done this shit. So when she gives critiques, you hear it. She talks about like the composure. She talks about like the dynamics of the stage. She talks about props. Like she talks about what she wants more of. Whereas though, Megan
1: used to be like, I don't know. I just feel like y'all, hey, y'all. I just feel like y'all was slaying, okay, mamas with the kids. And she'd be like, Ooh, she'd be like, The
0: house of Gucci is so sexy. And I'm like, And that's cool, right? And I But it wasn't critique and it really wasn't what they needed. And I think we were kind of like blinded by that like for the first two seasons. It's just the idea that we love Megan Thee Stallion. We have deep love for Megan Thee Stallion. That was when she was
1: like at her peak. So I think the fact they brought her in was, yeah, to get that larger audience very similar to what you said, but it just wasn't needed.
0: Yeah. And so when you see the difference between her and Kiki Palmer, it's just like, there really is no comparison, but I'm happy that in the case, in the situation that they replaced, that they had to probably replace Megan The Stallion, that they replaced her with somebody who clearly gives very good feedback, definitely encourages the girls. That's another thing too. She is, she has not been like malicious with her judging. Like she handles stuff with She's care. It almost gives me like Paula, Paula Abdul, but like yeah. better.
2: What a yeah, better way. More
1: vocal, yes. What a better he, fear of faucet, hmm.
0: you know, hmm. Hmm, a little shake, okay. a little shake and go. Um <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it's just amazing to actually see her. And it's amazing to see Kiki Palmer is like my age. Like she's like 26, 27. It's amazing to see somebody who's technically still so young, but has done so much and can actually critique people who are like even older than her. I see so much of my, this is not to toot my own horn, but I see so much of myself and Kiki Palmer. No, you're not around, wrong. You
1: do. You, yeah, I, because I around you a
0: panel of people who are like usually older, I'm the same way. I'm always around a, a panel of people who are usually older um, when I say panel, I just mean like in spaces with people who are usually older and like to know that people like look to me for my guidance and I'm only 26 year old. And like some of these people are like 40, some of these people are 50. It's just like, I see so much of myself in her and the way that like we carry ourselves, and we have like very specific discipline and very specific expertise. And like, we don't step out of our expertise and like, we kind of craft, like we kind of like perfect what craft we have going on, rather than trying to step into other people's lanes. Um, So, like, kudos to her. And I mean, I also think it's so funny when she, when she gives like judges crit- when she gives like score critiques and like scores and shit. When she'll be like, you know, the performance is great. I loved it. I'm going to give you a six. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she just says it with so much grace and poise. And it's just like, wait, sis, (laughs) you just said you (laughs) love. But then it's like she breaks it down at least, right? Like, she doesn't just give law and be like, "Mm, you gave me nothing, so I'm going to give you nothing in return. It's a four.
1: <laughs> it's just it's law, I love law, law. Law is so shady, but also I just love the fact that she can stand her ground against him because I feel like because yeah. I feel like a lot of people would crumble against like the other judges, like and well, not Jamila, of course, because like Jamila is so light. But like, yeah, I just like like that they they did pick her and she's like such a dynamic person, but also like. I don't, and I I hate for this to be just highlighting like Kiki Palmer as a whole it's so odd because of course she's so young but when I think of Kiki e. Palmer I really just think of auntie because like the way she talks and everything the way she like she's just very graceful very assertive very articulate very confident and I love that about her I think that they made a great decision in making her a judge and also I just want to just repeat what echo what Rashid said I do see a lot of um Kiki Palmer and Rashid um cause again when Rashid is in a space Rashid like fucking takes the room like he takes the fucking room when he speak Ugh. look it's just like who that. but um no yeah but I I definitely agree I agree with you um but go ahead my bad.
0: no I'm no I'm you know you're going off and I was just gonna say like the 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 my favorite moment is actually the moment that just passed the one where like you know She was sending home, spoiler alert, but she was sending home one of the houses and her and law had gotten to it. They got into a little bit of a disagreement, but like she ate that shit up and law literally was like, he just sat there idle and then was like, you ate that. (laughs) And like everybody laughed because it was like law is one of those very like aggressive and I don't want to even say aggressive, but very straightforward and like the way that he talked, and very uh, yeah, very abrasive a little bit. I okay, would say yeah. abrasive. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's um, very sense. abrasive, and so like you don't imagine Kiki Palmer being somebody who can just like, you know, tie that nigga down, tell that nigga to relax, like you know what I'm saying. Put a straight jacket on that nigga, like when he's going too crazy. Um, and I think that like it's just really good to see that, and that's been one of my favorite moments as well.
1: Um, gag flag.
0: What are your feelings about the gag flag, the new rule? I'm
1: going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely honest with you, Um, and I do have to do better. So, well, Legendary this season, like, after the first episode, I became kind of like, mm. um, So, I... <laughs> oh, no, not you haven't really been watching. I'm sorry, no, like, you it's know, good. I, it was like, no, because, you know, like, it just, like, I saw the last two seasons, and, like, by the first, like, by how the first season went, of course, I really did enjoy... Um, you know, like you said, like Kiki's presence, I enjoyed some of the things, but it just really was it was kind of like underwhelming for me. So, of course, I've turned my attention to other shit, sadly. But like, I guess, but given like everything that you've said, honestly, I feel like I will try to watch it. Of course, I put most of my energy into other um shows that have just come on, but I think that you should get paid um for promoting legendary because you are doing a good job at convincing me to, to give it another chance, but um if you could just talk about the gag, the new, um, the new rule. Yeah. So the gag. I don't want to be ignorant, but go ahead.
0: Yeah. No. So the gags, I don't know if everybody remembers last season. So season two, there was like this, this one moment where people went where this one group went home. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the house of Tishi, but they had got like yeah. tens, two times, like straight tens, two times. And they were actually supposed to be like one of the front runners essentially to win. Who was the house who actually won last season? No shade, but if Tishi, like I didn't really care for Tishi, but like I just know had they like, been a state in the competition, they would have won. But basically, Jamila was the only person, it had came down to the redemption battle, and Jamila was the only one who had voted for House of Tishi, and she had basically like voted for the House of Tishi. It's like, Wasn't yeah, it Mugler? yeah, Mugler, yeah, Mugler had won last season. Um, but basically, House of Tishi had essentially, um, I think they were going up against like, the House of Arichi. And Arichi had won the redemption battle, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and so the redemption battle, you know, is supposed to be based on the actual battle. Yeah. But Jamila was like, no, there's no way I'm sending, there's no way I'm voting against House of Tishi. They just, you know. And House of Tishi is interesting because they actually had scored very high. They had got nines and eights. Mm-hmm. But because one of the lower scoring houses actually like, what was it? They, in you know, the side battles they do, like the bonus battles, yeah. They earn points. A house that was lower than them got points from the bonus battle. So Tishi ended up going into the bottom by default because of that. So they guess- actually had got a high score. Mm. But because they were, you know, it was coming cracking down to the final, they just happened to be like in the bottom, right? So they had to like lip sync for their lives or, you know, battle down.
2: Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> I was like, um, wait, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Um. So basically the gag flag comes from that moment because everybody just knew that tishi was going to win so this season the gag flag basically when you want a house to be safe and you know proceed to the next to the next challenge you can throw your gag flag in right yeah okay and so that's been beneficial for some houses actually i feel like all the houses this season that got a gag flag still went home which is really sad. But it again, like sad. I said, the performance is really lacking this season. Yeah. Um, Laomi actually did have a very gag moment, like, Laomi really gagged the girls. Um And I don't want to give too much away, so I'll let people see You yeah, oh,
1: yeah, like, 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 yeah, let me watch this and then we can talk yeah.
0: about it later. Naomi definitely had the best gag flag moment, even though I really do wish she would have saved it for somebody else um, who ends up going home. But definitely she still ate that, the way that she used her gag flag. And, you know, just props to Leomi because she's that girl. And, you know, um, also the way they kind of do the bonus challenges now, I feel like there was so much more structure in the la- In the last two seasons, in the way that they do, like, their um their bonus categories, I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I feel like we got to see more people at once. But this time around, they're doing, like, house versus house, and then, like, those houses who, like, finish those battles go up against each other. Whereas, though, remember when it used to be, like, three blind mice, everybody used to walk out yeah. one after each other? Like, they don't do that they don't anymore.
1: Do that. So why? it's, like, house so goes against
0: house. Okay. So if there's four houses two houses go against each other and then those two houses that win have to battle each other for that and I mean that's more organization I guess for them but I feel like it was just more dynamic because like sometimes that stage feels very empty but I guess the thing for them is they want to be making sure they're seeing everybody and seeing everything and so you know I get it but like visually for us at home I don't think that that's that it, it doesn't look
2: good.
1: Well, unfortunately, um, a lot of times people don't, like, the people in those shows, like, the producers and shit, or, like, you know, whoever the decision yeah. makers are, I don't really think about how it looks there, but, like, yeah. yeah, no, I definitely feel it. Well, it's interesting, but, yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely gonna watch it Um, when we're, like, when we're done this, because, like, I, because now I'm, I'm kind of interested, perhaps, like, those little twists and turns can come in handy. Okay, cool.
0: hmm And what else, what else, what else, what else? Hmm. Also, just the overall redemption battles, they've also been very weak. Yeah. One house though in particular has sent four home four houses home in a redemption battle. Either four or three. And that's never been done before. They're
1: assassins. Okay. Like hmm. we
0: know, and that's the thing. So as a house, this one house specifically, they are great individually. And they really highlight their talents individually, but for some reason, as a house, they can't perform together. And that really is sad because that's that's unfortunate. They really do.
2: I
1: always wonder how that happens, though, because it's just like a lack of organization. But how does that happen? If you guys are able to choreograph, you can't bring it together to make one big.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: These are the questions we have to ask. Yeah,
0: I don't know. No, let me stop. No, but that, that is interesting, though. Yeah, but other than that, I really just think that. You know, I hope that Legendary just continues to grow and it's claim in future seasons, right? Because I do think that the cast has really helped to introduce this like subculture of like Black and queer culture, and I think that they really deserve yeah. this. And oh, also, I did meet. What's so funny is I met um Jason Bowman, who is now like King Mother of Supreme Montclair, and Jason is actually from Philadelphia. Um. And he was on season two of Legendary. He was, I was like, also
1: interesting when I learned the origin. You know, I was like, that was the same, okay. but Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was really nice. Really nice, very welcoming,
0: very sweet.
1: Very articulate. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, very articulate. And that was really, it was a really nice space to see him in. But, you know, back to the subject. But I think that if there's space for like, things like RuPaul's Drag Race and the gays of the Real Housewives franchises. (laughs) Then there's definitely space for the ballroom girlies and celebrated spaces. So just kudos to the girls. And I really just hope that we get to at least see them for like another seven seasons. I feel like Legendary should be one of those things that we at least get for 10 seasons. I feel like y'all could at least stretch this for 10 seasons. I just hope that within the time, I hope that my only fear is that the lack of performance that we saw this season will carry over into other seasons but to be honest not really much not really a soul can really top the talent and the charisma the nerve and all of that that we saw from pack rat and Michaela lonvon so yeah that's it's no that, that, that's better, that's though. tea that's
1: tea no that's that's real though You're <laughs> when
0: mikayla ran up that wall
1: I was gagged honestly like I'm just, I'm just like but you know what else I just want to say like I hope that like with you know I do hope like very similar to what you said I do hope that you know Legendary does go far and it has more seasons but something I don't want to see I don't want to see any more fucking people like the House of Ninja like I don't want to see that shit on my on my Legendary drawings because like all those like random international women like what the fuck are y'all here for like that was just so weird to see them in, in like at fucking Legendary like we're like do you remember them it was like the asian girl and it was like the bitches from russia and shit i'm like but for what reason this isn't your space and i felt i was like so i was really offended by their presence as a whole but yeah no but i definitely agree um and pack red did eat also pack red's body was really crazy also i just want to say that um she won a body that year right mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm yeah she did because she went against was it Was it oh fuck, you know what's so sad? There was a lot of
0: people who had good body that season. And it was, oh my God, remember they, they had were, that white woman?
1: They were fat phobic because it was one bull who was chubby. I forget what house he was in. And they like sent him back the first round. And I'm like, that's corny as shit because his body was fine. They also had um somebody from the,
0: the um the trans girl from the gorgeous house of Gucci. She was, she was thick, but she went far.
1: I think it was like between her and what you call her, her and Pack Rat. Was that Gucci? Cause I thought it was the, wait, see, like, I'm so upset right now. It was like this light skinned boy. He was like the house father. Was that not Gucci? And he had like the no. build body or something, whatever. I don't, fucking I
0: don't know. think the gorgeous house of Gucci Or was it
1: Escada? I don't know. It might've been Escada
0: because the gorgeous house no, are you thinking about, no, whatever, child. I don't I'm know. sorry. It's,
1: it's <laughs> the, the, the designer names are too much for me. All I know is.
0: Walmart. All I know is I was done when they had that white woman for house of ninja walking body. I was like, 100%. Child, I was like, please leave. We are, they are never going to redeem themselves from having the house of ninja in there. No shade. A white yeah. house mother,
1: that's what I'm saying. I was disgusting. And y'all just want to send that Asian girl out for all the battles. Okay, I guess. Anyway, you Um, what do I have next? <laughs> oh, um, as you know, Rashi, <laughs> Uncle Clifford and the girls are back.
2: Ah, we get down in the valley with our girls. The girls get
1: hey. I was so happy. Like, I remember like because cause, cause p-valley came out right at like right when i had shiloh and i remember that was the first song that shiloh danced to and her little boppy she was dancing to um, mississippi pride and i'm like as long as you know but i've been waiting for this i've been waiting with bated breath for season two of p-valley to come back and i'm just really happy and i was excited um the finale of season one really left us with so many cliffhangers with little murder miss mississippi mercedes um all the nights fucking husband and all that shit, the fucking auction, all of them. I love it. Anyway um and also to add to it, I got to watch the first episode of season two with Rashid. And I don't know, it really added to it because like, I know I I like watching, you know, people with Rashid when it first came out and everything. But I don't know, like Rashid, are there anything like specifically that you that you want this season or things that you want to happen or you think should happen or you don't want to happen?
0: I want Miss Miss Mississippi's boyfriend to just fall down the stairs and break his neck. That's it. A hundred percent. Like, that first episode, just watching their interactions, apparently, like, he's been doing quote-unquote better (laughs) in the relationship. But... I'm just on edge because, A, he's a white man. I already know that he's abused her. When so I like, saw he
1: was white, I was so done. Like, when yeah. we first found out, it was like, what?
0: Anytime there is a scene thus, And, I mean, there's only been one episode thus far, but when there was that scene, anytime there was a scene with her inside the house, I like low-key tensed up because I was like, child, I do not want to see this white man hitting on this woman. I know it'd be acting, but acting be so real sometimes. And that shit be it like, does. I don't want to see this shit. So sometimes I was walking away from the TV when I was watching it when it, when she was on the TV. But I mean, for the most part, it's really just that. I also would love to see, um, you know, they've been showing penises a lot on the screens. I would love to see um, Jay Alfonso Nicholson Um, Lil Murder Yeah, I would love to see Lil Murder's peen Come across my screen And I'm just shamelessly Saying that I don't really care (laughs) We've seen a lot of White men's penises On the screen for the last year Shout out to Euphoria And I feel like We need some redemption We need some colored peen On the screen And like I mean, should i even take Uncle Clifford. I don't, like, you know. We just need want, not to figure out the score. I
1: want to see the nigga that Uncle Clifford work with. You know that big burly guy with the beard?
0: Oh, my God. The one who make the weed wings? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely him.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Yeah. You know what I want to see? I want to see Mercedes um and her mom have a smackdown. Because, honestly, Mercedes' mom deserved to catch all the fucking hands. How dare you take my money and make this fucking church with it? Are you fucking kidding me? Like... Mercedes saved up so much money for that space, and you she tr- you, trust, and you you trusted your mom with the money, and she went and did that shit. Her mom doesn't care what to nobody say. I'd have
0: whooped that whole ass. ass Real shit. Like
1: me, bitch.
0: I would have sent you to meet the king, bitch. Like don't play with me, girl. And then it's like what really takes me out too is like the dy- the dynamic between her and her mom. You know, it's kind of strange there because you got to remember that. Um, Mercedes has Tyrica, which is her daughter. And so what I'm feeling is I'm feeling like like the mom kind of made Mercedes give Tyrica up.
1: Well, 100%. 100%. And so it's just like, she's
0: been fucking with Mercedes. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I be... like. I don't understand to a certain degree but I understand to a certain degree specifically when you have a family that's already struggling and your child gets pregnant it's like girl we just we just can't I just don't have the resource to but it just seems like a very ongoing trend and pattern that like she just doesn't want her daughter to thrive right and that she's already tainted and already like put this like signifier this title over her like daughter as like demonic possessed and things of that nature like you know how very hardcore like cult christians do and that's what her mom gives her mom gives very cult christian like i'm doing all of this shit in the name of the lord but i'm also just doing it for vanity purposes
1: and that's really what it was, because I'm sorry, when I see when I see like somebody have a fucking spoiler alert, what did I really a spoiler alert? But like the fucking billboard, when I see a, like a fucking church that has a billboard, I always know that they're attention seeking and the person on there is really vain because I just feel like when I think of churches, I don't think of billboard posters and shit like that. Like the mom face smack dab in the middle of that joint. it's like you really didn't need to do that. And she was just trying to show up the bull from like the old church. I would just yeah. like, say, yeah. Also, her pussy cat wigs really bother me. Like a pussycat wig in general bothers me, but especially on her, I'm like, you have to do something new with this girl.
0: I just want to say one of the most iconic um outfits that I've ever saw on P Valley or in TV history was Uncle Clifford's black no. paper outfit where he was on so, the
1: back of the podium with nine. the with, with the fist up in <laughs> the fucking red, the one the one black and red braid in the back. I was like, really? That's what you went with. I was- <laughs>
0: Okay, it was giving I a side to shake that ass. Purr. I really can't believe that. So you,
1: you know, <laughs> Rashi said that if he was able to go to the Pride um festival today that he would award the same thing. And I'm really upset that we deprived wow. him.
0: I said this earlier. I already said that yesterday that I was going to be missing Pride today, and I already forgot there was a Pride parade today. You know, like how when this is a, and we're quicksanding, quicksanding. Y'all know that you all should get used to it. It Okay. But you know how, like, when you've already taken out your mind that you're not going to be able to do something, you completely just forget about it. That's kind of how it is with like any event. Like, when, like, you you saying Pride parade today, I'm like, wait, Pride parade. And it's so funny because I already tweeted yesterday that I wasn't going to be able to go to the Pride Parade specifically because we're recording. The girls <laughs> yeah, party. yeah. So it's just, it's just, yeah, my head, yeah.
1: <laughs> it happens, but I feel like you know, like after like also, like, and it, well, I don't think we're going to talk about, yeah, but like I, I think that it's probably also like kind of wild to go out now anyway, after what happened with it last last night at South Street. So
0: yeah, um, just what, really quickly. Look well, ahead, my bad. No, I'm just going to say, just really quickly, like, just lifting those folks up, three families definitely lost somebody, um, and then ten people were definitely injured in the shooting on South Street, apparently on Saturday night. And Fourth and, um, yeah. and it's just unfortunate. There's a lot of gun violence and shit like that happening um and
1: not even just in philadelphia
0: but all over the world we know this right people will paint that it's
1: philly but it's really in all metropolitan areas sadly
0: that's how it always is and it's really sad that we really focus in on situations like um school shootings and then like the situation that happened in buffalo that was very racially motivated when things that aren't racially motivated are just as important and they still count as mass shootings people feel like what i'm getting from media and like wider audiences and wider like critiques or just opinions is that it almost is like it doesn't count as a mass shooting if there's not one specific heinous reason behind it yeah meaning like no yeah no you're not wrong or kids are involved right when in reality like whether one person gets shot or whether two person two people get shot or 10 people get shot or 20 people get shot. If somebody shoots in a public area where a lot of people are around, that gives very mad shooting tease to me. Like it's not giving, it's not giving like interpersonal and interpersonal is just as bad. But overall, like, I think one of the reasons why I don't go into these conversations is that it's not my responsibility. I wasn't elected into anybody's office. I'm not sitting in any elected seat the people who need to be handling this are not handling it and it's not my priority it's not my job i dodge bullets like anybody else so um it's just hard to talk about these issues specifically when i already like have to do this shit on my own time i have to worry about my safety on my own time um so it's just hard to have to bring those like conversations up right and then people will be like oh that's kind of like decent that's like insensitive or desensitized it's not desensitizing it's just the idea that I don't want to talk about that shit when I already hear that shit outside my window. I don't need to. I witness it. I live it every day. Thank you very much. Statistics don't have to tell me shit.
1: <laughs> Amen. Here yeah, you. no, I, but I, yeah, but like, despite all that, and I I share, I very much share the same sentiments as Rashida's, um, I think that regardless of if it's racially motivated kids are involved, any type of mass shooting, any type of shooting deserves recognition. And I hope that these people do get the recognition. And I do hope that they find the person who did that. Cause that is extremely fucked up. Um, and again, like this city is definitely um, inflamed just like a lot of other cities and a lot. And also honestly, the country, Um, we're all under siege in some way, Um, probably multiple ways. A lot of shit is happening. Um, but Philly isn't a terrible place sometimes the people that dwell within places are terrible um and it's really important to not just say that a place is terrible but I do send prayers and I, I hope that the families do find peace um and I just hope that the families are taking care of themselves because I do know that when you're in the midst of grief gr- I can't do this today when you're in the midst of grieving or you know you've experienced loss it's hard to remember to take care of yourself so that's what I pray for them but um
0: i know that's all that's definitely (laughs) mom in the background
1: for me
0: it's always always mom and shiloh in the background for me
1: (laughs) but it's i know it's kind of awkward to kind of go back um from from what we just talked about just now to the p valley but i guess i'll just wrap this up by saying that i have a lot of hopes for this season um season one was at an all-time high and i know that we all enjoyed season one um i'm really hoping that little murder i kind of hope that I hope that Lil Murder and Uncle Clifford don't kind of rekindle shit. Cause I think them Lil Murder was corny at the end. But that's just me. I don't want to be as forgiving because Uncle Clifford is a national treasure and deserves to be respected. So that's me. And again, um, like Rashi would hit Lil Murder. I will also hit the nigga that was in that works with Uncle Clifford. So I just want to kind of say that that's um those are both of our stances. Um and maybe diamond, but that's it. That's it though. Nothing crazy. Hmm. Do I want to hit diamond? I don't know. Oh, you I hope they give Loretta Devine more shit this season. Cause I love Loretta Devine. I feel like Loretta Devine is gonna die of COVID this year.
0: That's no shade. Because like they've already kind of like practiced it where she was like, you know, she was like, Oh, you young when she was telling him to go get them chitlin. She was like, Oh, you young, you know, you ain't gonna die from it. And so, like, I just feel like because Rona is like the big villain technically this season. Um, and I love the how they also, like, transitioned around that, and it also makes sense, it, it kind of helps, um, to make sense, too, of everything, like, even just them coming on, like, two years after their first season, the way they just picked it up with, like, COVID, finally, like, you know, them being off lockdown and shit kind of, like, you know, is good for me, but whatever, 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 let's move on to the next topic, um, well, like Material Girls, like myself, we may have found our song of the summer, honey. Miss Saucy Santana posted a snippet of him dancing and twerking to his new song. And that song features a sample of Beyonce's 2003 Billboard Topping hit, Crazy in Love. Yeah, and the title of Santana's new song is called "Booty, Booty, 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 Booty." And I must speak for the masses when I say that we are ready for our chart chart topper from Santana. Um, you know I, you know me, Erica. I am a Santana like we know. Fan. We've seen. Like, I we've love seen. Santana. I have loved Santana since like his interactions with Carisha on Instagram Live. And I just think that Santana just doesn't get his things. And like, even the whole idea... 100%. I love love that Santana got... And this is... I guess this is where I'm coming from with this. Like, people are saying online that like Santana has a new hit and things of that nature. But there have been a lot of different songs that came after Material Girl that I feel like were live as fuck. And like, I listened to... And I feel like I carried material girl on my back for like three years, just for people three years later to be like material girl. And I'm like, I've been saying material girl since like 2019. That's I'm how so you boring. are though.
1: Because like, even with Tina <laughs> Snow, like when, like when, um, what's fuck, when big old freak came out, like we was doing freak nasty, but you always know yeah, the shade before really,
0: the girls was not listening to Tina Snow until like big old freak Cat came out on the witch call. And I had already been rapping like freak nasty for like months. And I was like, wait.
2: I remember but that's
0: even when Adorn had came out by Miguel. I remember I used to be like, um, the but Adorn had came out on Art Dealer Chic, like volume three or two. He had like this this mixtape, um, volume series, series, not serious child, you know, <laughs> the the girls might get the show. Um but he had this, you know, mixtape series and Adorn was on that. And Adorn originally didn't have that last part on it. And so when he had put that on, what is a kaleidoscope dream? Yeah. And Adorn had a longer had a longer version. I was shook. And everybody was like, you "How do
1: you? you
0: up?" It was like, "Oh my god, how do you know this song already?" I had came in like saying, and I was like, "I mean, it's been out forever. He just added a new verse." But anyway, back back to the subject at hand. Like, Ew, we don't like Miguel. Way. Yeah, we don't. I just feel that way about Santana. I just feel like Santana has been consistently putting out like bangers on bangers on bangers and he hasn't had to switch who he is I think that that's one of the major things about it is sometimes with rappers gay rappers specifically
1: is they feel like they have to change their appeal and they have to fight to be accepted I, th- I think Santana just put shit out and if you don't like it you don't like it That's sad yeah. but, like he be putting out hits like but all the shit is,
0: is live like it's lit but it's crazy to me, too, because it's like, people will, like, up the city girls, but then be like, act like Santana's music isn't that great. But I'm like, they make the same music.
1: Yes. Actually, Santana makes better music, in my opinion. But
0: Yeah. Because it's for me, specifically.
1: I mean, okay. It's
0: for the gays know mm-hmm. oh yeah, oh that's you mean
1: you personally. I
2: was, like, I
0: was like... <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying. It's just very feel good music, and I feel like he doesn't have to change who he is, and I feel like we need more of that. It's the same thing with Lil knife X, and again, we'll get into that later as well. But I just feel like a lot of the girls are very like have benefited a lot from Santana. They've used a lot of his sound bites a lot, and they draw from a lot of inspiration from Santana. Yeah. So I just really just feel like. I hope that this song really gets the recognition that it deserves from people. Like, it's not gonna go to the top. It's not gonna go to the top of the chart. And it
1: deserves to, I'm sure. But I do
0: hope that at least it enters the Billboard 100 in any capacity. Even if that means it's on 98, he'll at least have his first, like, Billboard. Hit, and I think that that's important because everybody has to start somewhere, right? Shit like Crazy in Love debuted at fifty on the Billboard charts, and then ended up being like number one the next week, or like two weeks later, or some shit like that. So you know, um, and it's just fresh, like it's just fresh. And I mean, like to get a Beyonce sample, to get a Beyonce like song cleared,
2: Still
0: not many girls can anything. do it.
2: Yeah,
0: he's that girl I fear, Material Girl. He
1: is, um. I, I def, you know but I definitely I agree with you Santana is very talented and I remember like a lot of his other interviews he was saying that you know unfortunately he's not able to get to the top because he is you know he is gay and I think it's really a fucked up thing mean, because I really think that regardless of like sexual orientation or honestly anything if you have talent talent is talent and we talked about Jack, you know Jack Harlow I think I think Santana deserves to give you on a billboard way more than Jack Harlow will or ever will be like it's just sad um I definitely hope I hear um booty more than I hear that fucking shit by Candy Burris body body let's get him girl I hate that fucking song I don't know what she thought what she thought when she was doing that song I hate that
0: fucking song. That's all I'm going to say. That's it.
1: No, you're fine. Again, like it's really only making waves because on TikTok, like if you want your song to go live, you have to like people have to do it on TikTok and then it kind of just grows. But like I don't know what type of vibe she thought she was giving or how she thought people were going fucking dance and groove to that shit, but I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know. I was hoping it was going to be decent cuz like of course she is a good songwriter, but with it was just disturbing a little it was very cringy and it made me feel uncomfortable um but like I was saying I definitely hope that booty does better than that and it's kind of you know and like you said really able to hit billboards and like hopefully be number one because a lot of his other material girls definitely deserves to be that because it's like and I do this often with people I just be like material girls and then they just start rapping like you do that but if a song has, like, that type of, like, chokehold on people, like, it deserves to be on the charts. what I feel.
0: And I think, like, to see Santana has gotten to be at, like, fashion shows where, like, these supermodels have walked to Material Girl, it's, like, something we've only ever really seen with, like, RuPaul supermodel. And both have equally impacted, like, industry and how people are, like, viewing fashion, how people are, like, aligning black culture and like fashion and music and things of that nature so I just feel like he's doing it and I really just feel like I hope I don't want this to be a short-lived like era I don't want Santana to become this almost like folklore or folktale type of like tale within hip-hop where it's like yeah like Rap girls, rap guys, and then Santana was here for just this one little small second and then yeah. like he moved on, right? Because he
1: deserves recognition and he Yeah, he deserves a yeah. very
0: long-term like tenure and stay in hip hop because like he's been working his ass off. Like he's been working his ass off. And I just feel like I I really can't express it anymore, but I don't want him to I just really don't want him to just like shrivel up into nothing, right? I just want his success to be ongoing. Um, even if that means he becomes mainstream and we lose like some of that flavor, I'm okay with that because like a lot of other people are shit. We were talking about Jack Harlow. A lot of other people get to go to the top for being mediocre. We deserve black gay mediocre people, and I'm not you, Tyra Call. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? About. We deserve actual black people at the top who can be mediocre. Um, shit, like they have Tyler Perry. Like you know what I'm saying? Why can't we have Saucy Santana? right? It's not, that's nothing but homophobia, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he should be allowed to. So, you know, other than that, I really just, you know, I really don't have anything else to say, but I do love me some Saucy Santana. He's crazy as hell, but he's apologetically himself, like I said, and that makes him a winner in my book. And I really do hope that the material girl makes bigger strides in the coming years. And I don't want him to, you know, again, I don't want this to be a short-term era online key like i said like almost folktale like um he's that girl and so hopefully that sample from beyonce is going to take him to the next level but other than that i think it's time to digress and just get on to our next topic and so spill that tea for us sister um elon
1: musk i think that's an ugly name musty musky elon musk (laughs) And he he named his child the shit with the numbers and the symbols in it. Anyway, um, Elon Musk, um, the new guy, the new owner of Twitter, decided to make a huge decision for his company the other day, like the other company, Tesla. You know, those fucking cars that can drive themselves and shit. Um, So a leaked email actually came out. And in this email um, that was pinned to his employees, um, he basically is just saying that the era of remote work is over for the company. And he also says that, workers are like required to do a minimum of I think 40 hours a week um and like why is that right because he thinks that remote work is pretend work um and I think I I've never I don't think I've ever been so mad at some shit really because it's just like for you to, I think that Elon Musk, as well as a lot of other corporate giants, or a lot of other like billionaires, like Jeff Bezos, they they have the luxury to say things like, like they don't really have to work. Yeah, they don't they don't have to stay stagnant. They don't have to sit in an office. Yeah. So for them to for him to kind of just make this they statement, need to do remote work every day, right? So for him to just kind of say <laughs> that, like, yeah, this company wasn't built for remote work. It's supposed to be in like a brick and mortar office or some shit like that. Um, is really wild for me. Like, do you feel the same way or is it just me? Like, no, I don't very elitist. Very
0: elitist, like I said, because if this man is never really even in his own office, but he expects all these other people to be, that's an ideal that he's carrying that. Well, I've I've quote unquote worked this hard, which you haven't, right? He was he inherited shit. So don't
1: they all basically Yeah, and that's the thing,
0: you've inherited your wealth. Um, wasn't it specifically from like that nigga is like his family like owned, like coal mines and shit in like Africa. Yeah, I'm
1: South, sure, South right? Africa. Yeah, yeah. Like, that nigga is like an South actual African, colonialist. Yeah.
0: That nigga a pilgrim. <laughs> so so like sorry, you know like, like crazy, girl. Like... Um. So how much of how much did you really work? Right. You are able to take resources, but anyway, getting back onto what I was saying, that idea that you feel like shit like that is reserved for people who have already quote unquote earned their spot. That's a very elitist and ableist take. First of all. So it's like, everybody doesn't have the means to, but also as somebody who works two different jobs and they're both remote technically, well, one is hybrid. The other one is remote. Like I want to see him do the work that I do in a week in a month. He probably couldn't do the work that I do in a week in a month.
1: I believe you. Cause you and do a lot of how, shit. Yeah,
0: And that's how separated like people are from reality. Like to call work at home, pretend work. Meanwhile, people are still producing work for you, for your, for your company. I don't understand how that's pretend work. If the work is still getting done.
2: Don't get me wrong.
0: Don't get me wrong. I have definitely come across people who have definitely like, yeasted the shit out of like the remote work thing. And they have every excuse as to why they can't do something specifically as it relates to something at home distracting them. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, girl, go to a motherfucking coffee shop and do your work there or some shit yeah. like that, right? And I feel that I know that some people have used it, but there has been a very low ratio of people have used it to folks who actually do what they need to do. The problem is it's surveillance. A lot of people just want to see what you're doing. They want to micromanage. Yeah, yeah. it's
2: really toxic. It was
0: really weird to me when I learned that there were actually some organizations. So even like um, my partner was talking to me about how like he had... um. Apply for this one job, and the job essentially had told them told him that he was going to have to be on camera the entire time. And I ended up telling him absolutely. Oh yeah,
1: actually, yeah, you're right. They do do that. They're not
0: monitoring shit in my house for 24 hours. I mean, for not 24 hours, but for eight hours. Fuck that. We're not doing that. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're. I'm just not that girl. Like, I'm not going to be sitting at some fucking like screen all fucking day, and you're monitoring me, monitoring what I'm doing by having my camera on, that feels unsafe. And to make people feel unsafe in their own homes is very weird and very, like, entitled behavior. And so I just, anytime I hear the topic about remote work, but it's so funny because there's, like, a rise in people, of course, like, handing in, like, letters, right? Like, resignation letters because now their jobs are trying to return to office work. But if we've been doing at home work for two years and nothing, nothing has collapsed. Yeah, Nothing's been broken. So I feel like if it ain't broke, then don't fix it. Right. But that was supposed to be the brokenness. And they just don't like the idea. Like people, I for the life of me just can't understand why there are some like owners and bosses of organizations, companies and things of that nature who just don't like the idea of somebody being done work early. I think it's so or weird. Or even just
1: being able to relax or just like not be stressed out. Yeah. When you're in those spaces, you're forced to be stressed.
0: Yeah. Like I remember I got like, I, well, I didn't really get in trouble at home, but I remember I got into an argument with this one teacher this one time when I was in school because everybody was working on this one assignment. I had already did the assignment. So I was just sitting there and I was just minding my business. Right. Or I think I ended up like putting my head down and they were like, why are you putting your head down? And I was like, well, I'm done. And they was like, well, you should be working on something else. And I'm like, well, why don't you give me why? something else to do? Yeah. If you wanted me to do something else, you should have made that very clear from the beginning. Don't tell us to work on something. And then when I'm done and I put my head down, like, you know what I'm saying? It's an issue. And I mean, my grandma felt the same way. Like, bitch, you should have said, if you're done, then do this. Don't like, you know, don't, don't come up to him and make a problem with it because he's done his work like you know and some people hold that ideal and it's even like it's intensified when you get to
1: a career, you know. No, I definitely agree. I it's really weird cuz like um initially when we were um made to work remotely, I wasn't really a fan despite the fact a lot of other people you know were fans. I personally thought that the fact, you know, the whole like it would blur the lines between work and personal life. Um and it wasn't until, and you know, and also I, I just didn't want to work from home, but um, I don't think it wasn't until like the first week we were working remotely that I realized how dehumanizing and how like fucked up it is to just be sitting in one spot all day. And I didn't, I, and it was so, I, I remember being hunched over my computer, like the computer and like the computer desk while I was dispatching. And I was just sitting in that spot for eight hours. Like the whole day went past. I wasn't able to really get up or do anything. And then I was like I was really upset about it and I told myself that's why I don't like remote work but in reality that's what I had been doing in the office this whole time but I normalized it. And it's just so interesting how we tolerate certain things because of work cuz we're we're forced by this narrative that you have to work yourself into the ground and that you and you're stripped of these freedoms. Yeah. While you're working. When in like reality, really are- it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to feel like a jail cell. And I think that's the problem. They want us to feel like restricted and they don't really want us to feel free. They want, you know, they want to feel like they kind of have their nails in us. And it's really scary. That they want that sense of entitlement over people and their lives and their time, because like very similar to what you were saying, like, if I have my work done, why does it matter of like the time it took for me to do it? If I'm working an eight-hour workday and I'm done in four hours, I should still be compensated because I finished the work. I did what was supposed to be done in eight hours, but I did it in four. What's the problem? And you know what's so funny
0: when you think about it too? Like even the whole idea of lunch breaks and stuff like that, right? So like thinking about an office setting, you could, and this is one thing, I'm not going to say the name of the job because just in general, like the affiliation, I don't want, you know, I don't want people to be affiliating. But the job that I work for, like, they have a very like come and go, like culture. So like, if you need to be in the office, being in the office, if you don't, then like, don't. Like, don't feel like you're pressured to. And that's also like still as a, you know, as an aftermath or um, effect of COVID, right? But I like it because when you think back to other organizations, so like, even if you take your lunch break, they don't clock you. They don't be like, oh, come back at this time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Your work just needs to be done. As long as your work is done, what questions do I have for you? Right, it's, so even when you think about like at an office space, you go on lunch. They are like very, very hasty anal, about yeah. how fucking long you take your lunch break. However, those same bosses step out and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to a lunch meeting," and they come, they leave at twelve and don't come back until the end of the fucking workday. Yeah, bitch, what were you eating two buffets? Yes, you know what I'm it's saying. The like of trust. Yeah, and that's the thing is like it just takes me out that they take all this initiative, and it's like I be feeling like if you work somewhere you're supposed to lead by an example so if you want us to be back on time then you need to be back on time i think the idea that you can just set these like random ass rules and be like well i can go on lunch for four hours but y'all have to be on lunch for only 30 minutes like that's crazy to me like that's crazy as fuck and i just feel like as long as the work gets done like at home even at home though even going back to the whole like people surveilling you at home What does it matter that I am watching Real Housewives of Atlanta while I'm doing my motherfucking work? The work is getting done. And for me, it's been easier to work at home because I have those small periods where I can just take time to myself. I don't have to isolate myself because I'm already home. I can go to a different section of my home. I can like do some breathing there. I can eat. I can even take a, I normally don't really take naps in between work, but I know people who do who that benefits. But even if I wanted to take a small little nap, I could. I don't have to feel like I have to go find somewhere to seclude myself to isolate because my bed is right there or my couch is right there. I can literally get back up and get back to work and that's like restful though right i'm not just sitting in the same spot like what i've learned is it takes me all of three to four hours to do all my work for two jobs right like but keeping in mind that i have like adhd and dyslexia so like even though i could get it done in three,
1: but that's two, also what hours, i wanted to say too i think that again remote work is very beneficial for people but i think people who are also neurodivergent it's a huge plus plus. Um, cause like what, again, like I, I, I worked remotely for a short amount of time when I was with my last company and I just feel like shit was just so much easier. And I was able to get way more work done, um, you know, versus me being in a cubicle for like the eight hours of the day, being micromanaged, people having to like just check in with me all the time. I wasn't really able to roam free and I wasn't able to feel comfortable. And even as I do like remote learning, like it's way easier than it was for me when I was younger because of the way that it's able to be facilitated to me. And I think that, remote work is so crucial and it's so important because it it, it really helps people keep their jobs like there are so many different factors that can get in the way of you getting to work whether that could be transportation issues things happening in the city you have kids like for me personally remote work is good for me i have my daughter i do not want to put my daughter in daycare that's that's a stressor for me I know that people in daycares aren't good like daycares aren't always good and people won't treat Mm -hmm. her With the same level of care. So I think for parents, that's a very valid option. If you're able to do it, of course, everybody isn't able to do remote work due to circumstances, but if you can, I feel like that's a great option. And I'm me personally, like I'm very pro work, pro remote work. Mm -hmm. I I like the flexibility and like just being able to live life to the fullest while also receiving stable income. I think that, yeah, like, and I don't, I don't see why that's being demonized. I mean, even, like, when people, like, Biden and shit, when people are pushing and saying that, like, remote work is bad for the economy, I think that it's the opposite. And maybe I'm wrong because I'm not seeing the different thing that they're seeing on their, like, governmental levels. But from, like, where I'm standing, it just seems really good. I See, I'm just trying to say good, but it's like, yeah, it is good. Um... I think that the pandemic was a learning lesson, of course, like, you know, so, you know, community responsibility, I'm not making light of the pandemic at all, but I think that one of the good things that came from the pandemic is that we learned that we don't have to sit at a desk for eight hours a day straight to get a job done. And we learned that we can take naps, like you said, your friend does, or we can exactly. go to nail appointments so we can do hair appointments and we can even have sex um, and so many other things and get the work done. Um, so I think that Elon Musk is, just really, I love
0: that you said that, and I just we can think have that- sex yeah like we
1: can period like,
0: because sometimes a good dicking in between meetings is definitely what you need
1: very much so and it i mean doesn't, that it, doesn't, it doesn't like, even like too it much information to be, for people it doesn't even have to be a quickie it doesn't yeah. even have to be a quickie like
0: i can do that shit on my lunch break and use the whole hour like sometimes yeah. a good night is like better or than honestly
1: three. or honestly you can do it while making a recruitment call you have to
0: be, no now you just, hold on now just, <laughs> no? okay. now hold on now girl <laughs> i just couldn't imagine being on the- a <laughs> oh, wait a minute imagine calling somebody who's stationed at home and they like getting they they're getting their coochie aid and they like you talking to them you it's, like, all, yeah.
1: it's all yeah. about breath work you it, you can do it it's about breath work and just come being on breath to- work yeah yes.
0: Any- come well, on mindfulness my- and meditation
1: anyway whatever what, what do you have next what's next on the docu
0: Yeah, so earlier we talked about Legendary, right? But, you know, we are also Drag Race fans, you know, original Drag Race fans at the girls' room. And as we know, season seven of All-Star, wow, there's a lot of good TV on for the summer. Anyway, season seven of All-Stars has aired, and I feel like it's a whole new world, like Aladdin and Jasmine. Um... It's been very different than anything I feel like we witnessed on Drag Race. Um, and there are some changes like Legendary. But the thing about Drag Race is I think all of these changes have actually benefited the show. So what are some of the things that are making Drag Race um, have what I feel is the best season Drag Race has ever had? Number one, there are, what, more than, more than half. Like, I think half of the cast is actually Black. Yeah that's number one like we've always only had like two or three two. black wings out of like all these white people well
1: you know it happened because they're cr- they're starting to crown more black people finally yeah like, they did like 50 drawings back to back of black winners so yeah but go ahead my bad
0: no you're no you're good as they should have and i think the idea that no no there's no real loser technically until it comes time to like that 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 foursome lip sync for the crown right and I think that that's really beneficial because I remember like when they first said there was going to be all winter season I'm like damn that's really crazy if I'm gonna have to see some of my like faves go to some of these people right like that's kind of crazy because it's Monet it's Shay it's Jada Essence Hall it's Jinx Monsoon. I mean those is really my only like four favorites (laughs) And you know, I actually just got into Jinx Monsoon this year. I didn't jinx what Jinx was good on
1: her season. Like that yeah, season her. was really chaotic, but yeah, I Jinx think, is so really I,
0: good. I stopped watching Drag Race after the season with I believe it was like Sharon Needles in them. Yeah,
1: four.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I stopped watching and I think what you call it, one five. Jinx, yeah, one, jinx five, one five, right? Yeah, yeah so five. I stopped watching that like that season, like um season four, and then I picked back up at like season nine when like yeah, um, it was Bole Trinity and King. like
1: Nina Bonet Nina Bonita Brown. You remember we watched Trinity when she was Trinity T. Taylor or something like that? And that's when Shay, that was Shay season. And then that's, and then right after All-Stars 3 came on with Shangela and them.
0: Wait, so was Monet after or before Shay?
1: Monet was season 10. She was after shape. Like back to like when we were, cause I remember we were watching it in the living room and like season oh. nine was on, season nine was on on demand and then they started airing all star three and then yeah, we started came right after. I yeah. was going to say,
0: yeah, we watch all of it. That's why it's a mind blur to me. Yeah. So you're yeah. right. So I didn't start watching it until season nine again. And you know, it just was like, oh wow. There's a whole, and drag race that became a whole different universe by the time I had started watching it again, because I was still watching it in its logo days. You know like the fucked
1: up quality in uh, the color. Mm.
0: You know, back in the you got female days and shit like that. Like it that was, was so. That was so yeah. bad. That
1: was so bad. So it's still bad. You
0: sometimes. know, and then what was what they used to say? Um, now they say made the best drag queen win, but they used to say made the best woman win, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a whole lot. It was a whole lot of shit. When I started watching, I was like, girl, what's but I do love this. She already. That's my shit. You know,
1: I'm going to say something quick. When you said that, I was so concerned. I didn't know what was happening. Uh, That's
0: my shit. Um, but yeah, so like, that's a really good plus for me because I just did not see people like Shay or Monet or Jinx being sent home. So this like makes so much sense. This makes a lot more sense and it makes it way more watchable. And then I think just the content and like the actual quality of the drag, because they're all winners. It's yeah. very polished. It's very up, very up and stuck. Right. Um, and it just benefits the show a whole lot because it's like, there has not been really one time that I've really been disappointed. The only thing that's really disappointed me this season was that Evie Oddly, um Rico nasty portrayal because
1: i was like oh wow like i would have to disagree so okay so that too but also like anytime Trinity lip syncs i'm disappointed because it's just like i just feel like she's not a lip singer so like when a lot of queens peep that you can do the comedy route and that works for some people but yeah. it doesn't work for everybody like in all stars three, like ben de la crim i feel like kind of made that a thing and it's in trinity do it to like the worst shit i'd be looking like what what like it just what yeah, the like fuck we, did she do it to it was something to, she well with jada's join with green light i'm like why would this be a comedy thing for you
0: who do we see that with oh uh, you know who we seen that with um silky nutmeg ganache which she one did one? a lot of comedy remember on last season of all stars she like she went yeah yeah those and then like it was Eureka to be the one who sent, and I'm like, yeah. And I
1: was like, this is this weird. was
0: definitely rigged.
1: <laughs> this was well, listen, <laughs> rigamorous, Yeah. Okay, this was definitely
0: rigged. Um, but yeah, Silky Nutmeg Ganache ate that shit up, and I feel like that was the first time we have seen like somebody do 110 go- comedy bits and like send actual performers home. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, she ate that. She ate that. I
1: that um, was that was really that was really corny that he did that to her, but it's whatever. I guess it just she doing her own thing now.
0: Yeah. What's another thing they have going on this season? Oh, the legendary, oh, the legendary legend legends. Um, yeah, so essentially people have to like get legendary legend stars this season. That's why they're not sending anybody home. It's basically the four people who have the most stars at the end of the season. Um, those are the four people who like do a a, a foursome lip sync battle La La for La the per- crown. I'm actually yeah, really La La anxious Perusa. for
1: that because like when we saw the Lala La, La and All Stars 4, that was really iconic for me. Um, you had like like when Monique and Latrice went to like head to head. Uh, I was like, "Bitch, oh like, my God. But also not fucking Latrice pulling out that tire ass flip ponytail, John. Like, get the fuck out of here. You no,
0: know, no, I feel bad because you know I'm always for the fat girls, but I feel like Latrice really too, brought Latrice the same really shit that she brought yeah. on her own, like on her same. Se- I mean, on her season, which was yeah. what season four. Yeah, like I yeah. feel like she had brought the same like tire ass like page shit. And I'm like, no shade, but we have really like gone beyond it. We really it's stepped like, up, yeah. Because even Jada Essence Hall is a pageant girl, but she da- every outfit she gives doesn't give pageant. It doesn't give fucking Diana Ross in the fucking eighties. And I'm like, we really need to grow up. But it's the same thing. That's why I lowkey don't even like Trixie Mattel. I don't like Trixie Mattel's like drag. It's
1: Trixie Mattel because Trixie Mattel really they really and it's not her fault, but they really they really did rob Shangela. That was the that was the biggest rob of all time. It I cannot believe
0: that shit. I was like, what? It truly was like I didn't like I I just didn't care for it I really didn't um like that drag it like that caked up like almost it's London an- UK
1: look it like, just is like is it is it supposed to be like an anime girl thing because that's what I get isn't from it like it? like Rockham Sakura and near was it season twelve maybe. Mm. I don't know. She got sent home really early. I don't remember, but
0: yeah, but I just don't be feeling it. But like you know, yeah. But the legendary legend stars, I think that's a good that's a good thing. And then also the plunger. So you can essentially when you win, there's two winners every every episode, and then those two winners have the lip sync for their legacy. They both can get a can get a um legendary legend star. And they both win like some kind of prize money, but they both like just lip sync to see who's going to block the next player. So the thing about the blocking, though, is when you block a player, you block them from getting a legendary legend star so they can even win. So the person you block could win. The next episode but they can't get a legendary legend star because you already blocked them yeah so Tragic. in the lead right now is who jinx monsoon shape
1: I, I think and they and all Zay. have one they, they all just have one star because yeah. jinx got blocked if jinx didn't get blocked that past episode she yeah and then trinity stars. the
0: tuck has a legend star too oh you know yeah it's really thing. been wild though raja
1: has not gotten
0: one and i think they've been Rasha. They've, they've been robbing raja yeah, and for somebody to be from season three, like original, she's OG really been mother, eating. like she's been eating that. Like shit. she
1: yeah, she didn't do like yeah, like um, because usually when they come from like those earlier seasons, they like they get that curse. Yeah, who was the one like,
0: who the ball head one from last season? Angina? Yeah, on Gina. Whatever. Vagina.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, like that was really bad and everybody that, and then, thought yeah. that she was going to go far And like i don't really know I mean, why though she went home like second second episode right yeah that really always weird. happens
1: in like in all-stars to tatiana because she was from season two so
0: who's Tatiana? oh yeah yeah, yeah i know the one
1: who, like that. choices yeah, yeah. but I mean, I think- raja
0: and then they also i don't know if you've ever seen the um they have this thing called like the fashion review or some shit like that yeah Raja actually it was, that usually.
1: Yeah, Violet um, booted Raja, I believe. Right? I'm not, Violet, you're tired of Violet, ass. corny and shit. Yeah, I'm but like, like no, they definitely been tired. What episode? I'm trying to think, like, who? I think Raja should have lip synced against, she would have lost with this being said. She should have lip synced against Jada because I don't think Trinity deserved that win. I think Raja really ate, but I think what messed Raja up was when she did the Olivia Newton, John Waters thing. Yeah, you know what I, I really think for the past episode,
0: the one that we watched together on Friday, I think that it should have been her against um the Vivian. I think it should have been Raja against the Vivian. I don't think Jinx should have won that. You don't
1: like, think I th- so? I think because I Jinx- like, like, oh. I think because I think Jinx did good with the improv, but I knew it had to be one from each group though. Yeah, but what you call wait, was it one from each group? Yeah, I believe it was one from each group. They picked one winner from uh, each group and Raja was with uh, the Vivian.
0: Oh uh, wow then I think that Raja still should have had Jynx's spot. Because, like, no, only because, like, Raja was very, like, um, like, again, it was, like, the embodiment. I think there's one thing to be, like, I'm an old lady. It's a whole other thing to, like, come out, actually have those mannerisms, actually, like, to be embodying a character that you're supposed to have. Yeah. And I think the thing with, like, Jinx is we're so used to seeing, like, her do that and, like, that's her thing. When somebody else actually comes on the scene and, like, People know Raja as the pretty girl. Like, she was the, the, the model. Like, you queen, know what I'm yeah. saying? Even for her season of All Star, I mean, even for her season of, like, Drag Race, she did Tyra Banks for the Snatch Game. She mm-hmm. won, but, like, yeah. I think she won. Did she? I don't know if she won, but she I was really remember. strong. I do remember that she mm-hmm. was really strong. Um, but even for this thing of, of like, you know, of um, Snatch Game, she was really strong. Like, I think that she should have won. Um, that, that one was,
1: too. That was scary as hell, but yes, I, yeah. I mean, and I'm like, you know, I don't think Trinity really be deserving a win like she has been. Like, I really, yeah, yeah, not
0: really. I do think that her Leslie Jordan was funny as shit, though. I'm not,
1: lie yeah, to but me. like the Lucy fur thing, I was like, I don't really think like yeah, when they Lucifer do was, when They do the made up characters, I'd be like, I'm not really for it because, yeah, you like,
0: I didn't I care for Evie Alley's Boogeyman either. I would have hit. Um, the boogeyman though
1: no. it was funny though
0: because i didn't care for the boogeyman even though i thought that the big bad wolf and the boogeyman were essentially the same, the same thing. person yeah but it worked but better it worked better mm. yeah it worked better in the courtroom because it was like an actual character and i was like i was like i get it boogeyman but i'm just like eh like Pick something else, girl. No, I definitely agree. Like <laughs> he'd be trying to do that, and
1: it's like, don't do this, Evie. But I think yeah. also one thing that's good about this season, and Jada Essence Hall said it best, like that you can kind of experiment to figure out like what could work for you, and like you don't have to worry about going home.
0: Exactly. Um. So
1: I think that's decent because maybe we'll see different sides of the girls this year. Um. So we'll see. I don't know. Like. I mean, I know a lot of them aren't dumb. Like Jada isn't going to sing because Jada can't sing, like she said, and we've seen that too.
0: What she um, said? Hell no.
1: Yeah, because I'm like, girl, I'm like, I was really please don't I do that. Because like, we saw that shit in her season. I'm like, this isn't it. But I think that's decent. So if some of them decide to experiment. I'll definitely look forward to that. Um, Who is your shoe in to win? You know, it's so this is really um, an interesting season because I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know because top three. Of, Top, so, like, who I want to win, or who well, who I do think you think gonna is going to be in the top four? I think that Jinx is going to be in the top four, and I say that Definitely. because, and I say that because Jinx isn't the only thing Jinx is bad at, and this we saw in her season is design and clothes. Unless there's another design challenge, she's going to do good. I think it's going to be Jinx. I think I see. Unfortunately, I see Trinity. In it's going to be
0: Trinity. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I feel. And like, I don't know, because some of my girls have been kind of like going easy. Like, like people that were in the front running for me firstly were like, like, I want to win are Monet and Shay. But I think that they're going to be on top. I don't I think I I hope so. But like I don't know. They've been going kind of easy. Like Mo- Monet specifically has been going kind of easy. And I feel like Monet a lot of times doesn't put that extra oomph in the shade. Um, She's kind of just comfortable, but I do hope that those are the top four, besides Trinity. I realistically would like to see Raja, maybe, or Jada also in the top four, but I know that Jinx is going to make it to the top four. Like, I know that for a fact. I feel that. But I don't think Evie's going to make like, Evie's Not bo- at all. Evie is definitely the booger of the season. That's how I feel.
0: It's sad, because I really thought, I think that that's the thing, though, is that, like, Evie is so, like, out of the box, but the thing is, like... It's not it doesn't it worked on her season because the girls were giving very much fashion. Also, Evie,
1: but Evie never really won challenges in her season, too. That's really she didn't. She really just she she won she won a joint challenge with Scarlet Envy, but she didn't really win anything on her own. But you know what? Same with Monet and Monet became all-stars for winner. Yeah, but I was I
0: was gonna say if I think there's four people who are gonna be in the top, it's like you said from the beginning, definitely gonna be Jinx. I know Jinx is gonna be there. Trinity is going to be there because they love Trinity for some reason. I don't see it. Don't get me wrong. Some of her outfits are very glamorous. I think that her wigs are glamorous. It's just that her as a person, I just, for some reason, I can't connect with her, but I'm Um, not going to hate. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to hate on that bitch And like, she's going to be in the top four and it's cool, whatever, but I don't think she's going to win. And that's cool with me. But I definitely see it being Jinx. I see it being Trinity. I see it being Shay. I see it being Monet. And if I'm going to be very honest with you, I see Trinity and Monet having to go head-to-head in La La Perusa. And I see Jinx and um, Shay having to go head-to-head in La La But Perusa.
1: either way, Jinx really won't win a lip sync. Yeah. That's how I feel personally. Jinx, lip sync really isn't her strong suit. Like yeah, Alexis, and that's like what I was like going to say. Like, if it comes down to that, I
0: really feel like but the I person think... who's going to win is either going to be Monet or Shay because they can out- they can out-lip sync the rest of those bitches. I-
1: I just want to give props real quick that first lip sync of the season with um old mcdonald had a farm they did they ate that oh, the only the, the only two people that could have ever done it and pulled it off was Shay and fucking um monet
0: They did. but that. that's why that's why it's going to be full circle to me i really do think that this is going to be very full circle i really 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 really, really feel like it's going to be like full circle moment and we're going to get Shea versus Monet as the last like lip sync battle. I really feel like that's what it's going to be because like they came in strong and even though they've been like playing it safe a little bit, not necessarily even playing it safe, they just haven't, you know, scored where I wanted them to score in certain like parts. But I yeah. really, really feel like it's going to be them two in the end and I feel like that's going to, like this is going to be an epic. This shit is iconic. This Snatch, the Snatch Game episode is the highest rated that Drag the Race be- episode And in also history. that
1: was the best Snatch Game I've ever seen. It, like, it, nobody it was. was bad.
0: Nobody- Everybody was bad. Evie.
1: Again, and I... And again, like nasty said, it's debatable. Like,
0: it's really debatable. The, but the Regal Nasty
1: thing, it's like she could have done so much with it, and I feel like it could have worked because she looks like Regal Nasty to me. But, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, everybody did good. Um, regal Nasty wasn't the best, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah.
0: We'll see. Um. Yeah, but, you know, like I said in the beginning, I really think that this, you know, it's just really a stellar season, and I look forward to seeing the rest of it you know the girls have been putting their backs into this season and they haven't disappointed and so this is really just a win for rupaul and i know that he knows that so i don't have to continue boasting on his old ass um so So, okay we're getting closer to wrapping up the episode so let's just move this along and so what's our next thing, Eerie?
1: Um, So this is my last one. Um, and personally, I don't necessarily have a lot to say, but when it comes to music, I always like to hear Rashid's way in as well. Um, Cause Rashid's taste of music is decent. And I know that he has amazing takes. And like, since we want to know what's tea. Like, let's talk to Rashid about this. Anyway, um, Candy Burris said that Escape could be Destiny's Child in a Battle of no. <laughs> Um, And then Little John just going like, basically put his two cents in and basically said ditto because like, who the fuck is he? But I kind of just, wanted, just I wanted, I wanted your input. Do you think <sighs> that Escape could be Destiny's Child if they had a versus? No. Okay. So the
0: thing about this is that like Candy has helped Destiny Child I think for Destiny's Child, I think it was Destiny's Child's first album. Is that like Writings on the Wall? Or yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I believe so. Yeah. Um,
0: she helped write a lot of their a lot of their musical on there. So like yeah. So Good, um, Bills, 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 shit like that. Um, so like some of the songs they have will be credited to her, but Destiny's Child's success outweighs um escape success, and yeah. success by far. So even when you talk about like a versus. You're talking about solo um solo singles. <laughs> and both Beyonce and Kelly have solo singles that like watches escape out by themselves. Yes. And I will even go on to say that um Michelle Williams Jesus Say Yes is also For, a also we break the dawn. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. And so like that's the thing because even when like people like um what were some groups that were on there before?
1: The hmm. on oh, where before. On versus over, oh,
0: shit. I know that there were some people diplomats, who, so it's diplomats. Yeah, I don't remember, but I know there were some know. groups on there, and some of those groups played like their own like single songs and shit like that. Mm. So yeah, they would they would definitely eat them up. Yeah, yeah, and even just thinking about like Destiny Fulfilled is a better album to
1: me than any of his escapes albums, and that's no shade. No, I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree with you. It was just really interesting when I saw that. Um, on social media because it's just like i think that she has her songwriting abilities mixed up with the actual performance of her group and like the actual success of the group and in her individual songs because even with body and shit like that i'm like this new shit she did i'm like you could never um and then for Lil john to come up in there and say the same thing i'm like well we haven't heard from you in the fuck years like what the fuck are you talking about It was just so out of left field for me. And I thought it was funny as shit because I'm like, again, I'm very ignorant when it comes to some music. I really could not name, give you a name of the escape song. It just, it, it evades me. I have no clue. I'm sure I could like in like the, like in the distance of my mind, I could probably come up with something, but like right off the top of my head. No, I do not know of any of escape songs. And I'm pretty sure I could probably get them mixed up, unfortunately, with songs of another black girl group like SWV and shit, sadly. But Destiny's Child is just something like it was they just always had that extra oomph and they came with the fucking <laughs> heads. Like it's
0: so funny that you say that though though, because like SWV and Escape went up head to head against each other in a They did? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. They definitely did. They definitely did. This was like last year, or sometime.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like the only one I really was like, verses kind of got ahead of itself when it started doing people in different like brackets. Like it was just like they some of the verses became so weird, and I'm like, why are you putting them against each other if they're not really in the same group? Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like who
0: was it, Eve and Trina? I was like, what? Like yeah, was... like two different genres of rap. Like you know how we know like. Trina does the Southern, like, hoochie mama rat. We love it. Like, she's the predecessor for the city girls. Whereas yeah. Eve is, like, a predecessor for, like, a Rocky, like, a, a fake bitch's hero here in, like, Philadelphia or some shit like that, right? Yeah. Like, very two different lanes
1: of rap. Also, they did French Montana and Tory Lanes. I'm sorry. I just thought, I just saw that. I'm like, how is that a thing? But go ahead. My bad. I'm sorry. Who? They did French Montana versus Tory Lanes?
0: Oh, wow. That's,
1: That's hmm, weird, right? Very fitting, to... though. Yeah, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just looking up the battles and I'm just like, kind of like they did BBCC versus Mary Mary. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I don't know.
0: BBCC Winings versus even that, like, I feel like I don't know, yeah. They just start doing it for show after a certain point. Yeah, they did. Like they the just they just wanted it was. for money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I did, yeah, I don't really have much to say about the whole thing with Candy Burris. I just wanted to kind of get your input and your like your feedback. Cause I knew that you had something funny to say and you were going to be real about it. Cause I'm like, I just and I also wanted to see your aim. I'm like, maybe it's something I'm missing out on.
0: Yeah, no, I just think that Candy Burris is like aspirational. Like she's very weird. she's very aspirational. She's she's a dreamer, isn't that what New York said? You're a dreamer, you dream a lot. <laughs> um, and you know she tries to make like lemonade out of lemons, but you know that's her L to take if she thinks that she's going to go up against Destiny's Child. I think that that's really wild, um, a really wild assumption that in a group that holds the power of Beyonce by itself, that you would win. Yeah. Given that people's solo success adds to the success of a group success, so, and then um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Destiny's for Destiny for Phil came out after Beyonce's solo album, right? I but yeah, it did. Yeah, so it's like Destiny Destiny for Phil was that girl.
1: I <laughs> like it Destiny really was. was that
0: girl because they had already all started doing their own little thing, then they brought it back for everybody And <laughs> I <laughs> loved for their last project, and that shit was bomb. Like cater to you, catch my I mean lose my breath, mm. soldier. Like, how are they topping soldier? So I'm sorry. I'm just like that shit plagued the streets of the hood for like literally an entire year. Girl, girl I'm sorry. Girl. So I know. I'm sorry. I just want to okay. say. I
1: remember I was listening to um girl in the car with um Shiloh's father, and he started crying. And I was like looking at him, so I'm confused why he started crying. He's like, "Yeah, my our dad uh, abandoned us around this time."
0: Oh, sorry to him. Moving but any- <laughs> <on>. <laughs> sorry, but threw me off. We all ain't got fathers on this podcast, so shout out to him. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's getting a a sob story over here but that's what actually but it but
1: it actually like it really did um it threw me off but i'm gonna wrap it up i'm gonna i mean but doesn't he always throw us off unfortunately it's sad burberry play but either way like I i just wanted to bring it up it was personally like candy's delusions for me it's the freedom for me but yeah but because escape really could never end I'm sure they have Q hits, but they just can never hold a candle to Destiny's Child. Um, yeah, and that's okay to admit.
0: I think that again, Candy is aspirational, and that's great to admit. That somebody, is, it's actually better when you can realize that you just don't hold a, a flame to somebody,
1: and that's okay because <laughs> you you're good at writing songs. You just exactly, can't, you just can't perform. It's like really. Nene says, she's
0: an excellent songwriter because even singing wise, Child, no. it's giving. I'm singing into the fan on Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wait, Rashi, what the fuck you got next? I'm tired. This <laughs> made me mad I'm like absolutely. <laughs> well, like, so this is actually the last thing
0: of the day. Um and it's kind of going back into what we were talking about honestly for a few different topics being like Jack Harlow, also Saucy Santana, but like last week BET announced all the nominees for its categories for this year's BET Awards. And so among the highest nominated are like Doja Cat Um, Ari Lennox and Drake and some of the categories include like Best R&B and Pop Artist, Best Group, City Girls is a part of that, like Best Collab, um, Best Rap Artist, Video of the Year, Best Actor and Actress of the Year, Album of the Year and more and so Taraji B. Henson is actually set to host this year's award show and it's set to air later this month (laughs) but what's really interesting is that One person who was notably missing from the many names nominated for awards this year was Lil Nas X, right? So now, musically, I'm not his biggest fan, but I think that Lil Nas X carried a huge portion of the music scene for the past year. So I find it really interesting that he wasn't included in these nods. So he actually also felt necessary to address the situation by tweeting about it. And one of his tweets really just mentioned going with what you had to say earlier, um Erica, literally he alluded to this or actually said it, and he was just mentioning how black gay people have to fight to be on top. and then when they get to the top, you know, people act like they're invisible. And I think that that's a very valid point. And it's really the only point that could be made. And so let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about it.
1: <laughs> hey, I definitely agree with him because I think that there are no, there's no reason. um, There's no reason for him not to be nominated. Just like there's no reason for Santana to not be at the top of the charts when he's really like fucking shit up like he is. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that there's definitely truth um in what he's saying because black gay people do. But I think specifically, when it comes to music, black gay men definitely have to fight more, you know, fight more to get to the top of the charts because at first, I was and like while you were saying that, I just wanted to look something up to make sure I was correct. but um, young m a have has have received many nominations. um like she like she was nominated for best female hip hop artist um the you know the video music award and all these other things. So like you have people like Lil Nas X that get like kind of like they yeah. opt out of nominating them. So yeah it it definitely does it gives you a red flag a bit because it's like why isn't he on there? Because like honestly all of his shit is decent. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the biggest fan, but I do like I did like Montero. Um, and I okay. think that he deserves, I think he deserves flowers and shit like that in general because, like, Absolutely. He, because even as far, like, of course, because he, he, he is trailblazing, trailblazing, yes. Like, like you, Rashid, trailblazer.
0: Queer me out.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like, because even like we were talking about earlier with him, like, kind of like taking over the country, John. Like, that was, that was a step in the right direction. So, yeah, I, there's definitely some discrimination going on and it's troubling. Um, I think it really sucks that, you know, gay black men do have to suffer because people decide that masculinity or whatever the fuck the concept of masculinity is isn't as flexible as femininity. So, like once you kind of break that out of that bound, it's hard to kind of regain your footing in certain hmm.
0: settings. And I think that that's an interesting point that you bring up, only because I feel like when you say that Young Ma has been has been nominated, that makes me think about how Young Ma is a masculine figure. Yeah right and so and I think about the other names who were not included in this too so when we talk about Lil Nas X we talk about Lil Nas X and then some names that were also missing a name that was also missing from that like just best actress in general that I noticed was MJ MJ. Rodriguez Mm -hmm. and MJ Rodriguez just got a golden globe for Pose so I feel like if the Golden Globes can honor her and can see her, I don't understand why her people aren't seeing her, especially when she's beat out all the nominees for this for other shit. But then again, it just goes to show that they don't see shit like Pose as like black entertainment, and it goes to show that it's like there's a there's a certain level of like femme phobia in a sense, right? 100, oh no,
1: hundred percent. So, you're not wrong. Yeah,
0: so like just kind of adding to what you're saying, that's kind of like the point I'm making is like. There's a fin phobia, right? Because even Santana isn't even included in something like Best Artist. Yeah. Like Best New Artist, right? And to be hearing Material Girl like repetitively for last year, they could have even invited him to perform it. However, they didn't. But I'm sure we're probably going to see fucking Jack Harlow on the stage. So this is very good that we're here because this goes back into the the point we were making earlier, where it's like, how is he not benefiting from white privilege when he's been invited to a stage? He's been invited and possibly going to be honored for certain, you know, certain categories when people who have been putting this work in in their own community are not getting the same standards. Right. Like Lil Nas X was at the top of the fucking music world for the past year. There's no way that he's not included in one single it's, fucking category.
1: Yeah, I think, like, and of course, like, just like I said earlier, and I know like, the, the homophobia in the Black community is 100% alarming. I think that once Lil Nas, of course, like once Lil Nas had that little standoff digitally with Boozy. Um, and also the jones where he posted uh, yeah. i think that that probably created a wedge unfortunately and it, you know people felt like they had to take sides and i think that probably has to be a reason but also all of the ruckus that they, they people felt like was caused when he did that little scene the the photo shoot of him being pregnant i think yeah. that that caused a stir so it's like it's it's no it's it's definitely no debate that Lil Nas knows how to cause a stir, and he knows That's how to ruffle lot. feathers. Um, I, yeah, so I think that a lot of things have to come, you know, come into play with why he wasn't nominated, but homophobia is at the top of the list for me, yeah. um, 100%. But also, like, going head-to-head with a rap force, a powerhouse, or, like, you know, an old, uh, OG, like, boozy or whatever, I think that probably. I mean, how much
0: has really done, and is he
2: really well, like you, that well, you know, of a rapper. Well, me
1: personally, I don't think so. But if you ask other <laughs> black people, I really do feel like they probably would differ sadly, and I never understand those debates. Um, like just seeing who will be considered hip hop or rap royalty, I feel like they say the wrong people all the time.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting because it's like I said, going back to that like femphobia. Like we're seeing like the intersections because given how these people present, and I'm thinking about those three names, Lil Nas X, MJ Rodriguez, and Santana. It's just giving like intersections of like you said. It's like yeah, it's homophobia, but it becomes like even deeper than that. It's like the transphobia, misogyny, like you know 100%. what I'm saying. The, like, yeah, and, and like, these
1: things all go hand in hand. Exactly. Yeah. Like
0: they're very much playing into each other, and I just feel like. It's just sad because people talk about how, like, we're not excited. People, y'all don't watch the BET Awards and y'all don't get excited for a BET Awards like y'all do the Grammys. And I'm no. like, well, the, I mean, well, the BET Awards isn't even seeing everybody. Yeah. Same thing with the NAACP Awards. Y'all are still moving on this very respectable idea that like somehow queer and trans people aren't presentable, they aren't professional and they have no place in these spaces, right? They are still very, like, these identities are somehow aligned with, like, whiteness, even though y'all have a white man going to be on stage, possibly. And I really do strongly believe probably going to be accepting an award. Um, He's the token
1: white, of course. Yeah, and he
0: hasn't done much. And we've seen this in the past with people like Robin Thicke, right? We've seen this in the past with people like Eminem. We've seen this in the past with people like Iggy Azalea, right? Like... These people have been invited to perform, they've gotten awards, and yet somehow queer and trans people are still being negated from this space. And this is supposed to be an all-inclusive space and celebrating like the presence of black black culture. And black queer culture is a subculture of black culture. Shit, y'all could have even invited some of the people from Legendary to give like a fucking ballroom performance on
1: you knew damn well they was, and that's what I'm saying.
0: But like, we're not doing it, we're not
1: trying to be inclusive, we're not trying to push forward. But I also don't think they try to act like it either, sadly. But I, and and in that regard, and in that regard, I can respect it because you're not being fake and performative. So it's
0: funny because last year on their BET awards, they had like this little you know, um, BET does like they do like these little spots where they're like celebrate X, Y, and Z. And so they did have one part where they were like celebrate queer and trans people or they were like, or somebody was on stage. They were talking about- That was only for died. They were talking about the people who had died. And so like trans people were saying trans people's names. And I'm like, that's it? Only for that year, Rashi. Like you have Yeah, and that's what I'm up. saying. Like, it was- so it's like, there's still some performative yeah. aspect behind it. hundred percent. And so it's like, y'all still are trying to perform and you still aren't delivering. And for yeah. that- that's a problem for me. That's a very much a problem for me. And I feel like if y'all are going to be Black, be Black. Because the thing about it that people don't realize is being homophobic, being transphobic, being fucking um, ableist, being elitist, they're all very anti-Black characteristics. They all derive from anti-Blackness, specifically in this country. I can't speak for other people. But when you talk about colonialism, there was a very deep awakening and seasoning amongst like white people onto black people and they stripped us of almost every fucking thing we had everything we which is why they can't go beyond saying anything besides they civilized us they didn't civilize us they just didn't agree with the shit it was very odd to them the shit that we were practicing i read i, I come back to this book very often but it's, it was very impactful I remember reading this book and I have it. You can read it if you want, Erica. I'll lend it out to anybody else too. Just holler at me, y'all. Well, not anybody else. So. Yeah, not anybody else because I don't trust all you girls. But um, it's called Male, Male Daughters and Female Husbands. And it talked about this, like in the early pages, it talked about this anthropologist who had came over to like one of the um places in Africa. And when they got there, basically there were women who were like, living like the head of household they were like living like male authority figures and they were being called husbands and like depending on what role you took that's what title you got right so you could 100 be a man but you could be a wife and they were shook as shit by that because it had they had never seen it before they couldn't comprehend actually i think that I was, level can i borrow um, that book Yeah, you sure can. Yeah, Yeah, they couldn't comprehend. But this is why I tell people I get so mad at like names like Umar Johnson and Tariq Nasheed and things of that nature. Because while I can say they do, I guess they like I can't. Here's the thing. I can't sit here and say their work hasn't benefited somebody because for some people, their shit like um, what is it, hidden colors and shit like that. Their shit has benefited somebody. It just never benefited me. I never had to watch that shit to be radicalized, but I'm not going to say they don't don't work for people. I also know people in real life who specifically they said that Umar Johnson has helped them specifically in the way that they navigate EIPs for their, I mean, IEPs for their kids in school. And I can't be mad at that. I can't take away from that man. However, I'm not a follower of that man, right? We will never be in the same conversing circles. If I ever have to sit on a panel and I see he's going to be on there, it's a chop for me, boo. Um, But that's why I get mad that like, they refuse to see this because there is actual documented Evidence that they refuse to actually look at. And it's like they refute that. And y'all say y'all are so pro Black, but in the same time, y'all are literally spreading whiteness and Westernized and fucking pilgrim ass ideals. And so it just takes me out. Like, you know what I'm saying? It gets very settler colonist tease and ideals. And that's why I get so angry at these people because y'all, it's not like it's not there. Y'all just refuse to see it. Um, And it's the same thing for BET. Y'all refuse to see it because all the information is right there. People put out so many threads. And this is what I mean when I say like, social media is not the enemy. Social media is a tool that can be used by either the antagonist or the protagonist. And there have been so many people who have given out so many great resources. I mean, shit, like, look at Freedom John, right? I have given out so many resources for people to, like, be able to, like, follow along with, for people to read, for people to, like, donate. And it's, like, it's been used as such a great tool for good. So many people have shared so much information about where you can find so much more information about breaking the binary or not subscribing to norms and stepping into your fullest self. And these people have refused to take heed. And that is pure ignorance. Like, It's not because you don't know, it's because you're unwilling to actually want to know. And I think that's the problem. That's the problem with BET. That's the problem with the NAACP. That's the problem with Black politicians. Y'all just really don't care. As long as, like, the shit that y'all read benefits y'all and benefits what y'all already think about, y'all don't want to be challenged. Y'all don't want to be questioned. Y'all don't want to sit with any discomfort. Y'all just want shit to come easy to y'all. It's very easy to say, fuck white people. It's even harder to sit with discomfort and to say, I've been home homophobic and that's wrong i've been transphobic and that's wrong i need to figure out what steps i can take to be like less fat phobic every day how i can see myself and stop internalizing fat phobia anti-blackness ableism it's so much harder to do that and so they're not willing to actually put in that work um but it's just easier to be like fuck white people white people are the issue for all of our problems right and i'm not saying they're not i don't refute that but there are some extra steps after that that you have to take to make sure that you're doing all of this undoing. They don't want to do the undoing because if they did, we would be so much further now. Um yeah, and that's my script and that's what I'm sticking with.
1: <laughs> I just want to say you went off like low key I felt like I was in um I was in college and I was like in a lecture and you did go off and I was really just sitting here just listening. In all but no you're de- no but every, everything everything was given a said, law
0: you ate that
1: You did like you, real, real, real. and when you was talking i was really gonna say that but then i'm like no that's that's so inappropriate i'm gonna just let this keep going but no i agree with everything she's been saying um however just going back to you know the BET awards with Lil Nas X i think that all this is so unfortunate um to even like have to think that like you know queer you know queer black people, unfortunately, are not being awarded um, for their accomplishments because of who they are, because we're unable to accept it. Um, And also just a side note, I wanna say this, because I think I've said this before, if a guy that you're talking to, and this is for men, women, trans people, whatever, if a guy that you're talking to is homophobic, you can most surely believe that they are also a misogynist and they do not respect women. Misogyny and homophobia, transphobia, they are all interwoven and they all overlap. So if he's talking about that faggot shit, excuse my, if he's talking about faggots and stuff like that, he's also calling y'all bitches and he's calling y'all hoes and say y'all don't deserve to be respected depending on how you dress. So that's a red flag. I'm giving y'all say a cheat that. code. Say yeah, that. Y'all he
0: calling call y'all females behind your back chill
1: real shit and that's diet (laughs) bitch we all know it's diet bitch like i remember i remember i was (laughs) talking to this guy and this is probably like the the shortest amount of time i've ever had a nigga in my crib this guy told me that rashi was gay because he was deprived of breast milk and i was like you know he might be right though because i never got breastfed but he was
0: like, yeah, he was, he was, you, got to like, you got to feed into it. He was on to something.
1: But he said, he said, he said, yeah, your brother probably drink almond milk. It's definitely things in almond milk. <laughs> not, not my face. Y'all should have seen my face just now. Never once have I ever drank in a cup of almond will. I will never, I will, never, I will never forget him. His name was Elijah. And I come across him every now and then. And he always says hi to me, and I will never say hi back because I will never. One thing that you will never do, and this is to any men that are in here and you're like talk, you're listening to this, I will never respect you. I will never give you a time of day if you talk about queer people specifically, Rashid. I don't know why men think that's attractive to me or why I would ever accept that. It's very alarming, and it shows me that you have no respect for me my family you don't have respect for your family because if you think that you would be able to talk about my family in my face you have another fucking thing coming it's sad
0: because you know you say it but it's like it's because they've been around people who have accepted it and i i have this conversation with chantel kayla i am friends with people who i believe that when i'm not around they are going to defend my honor there is no you know I understand that somebody can have an opinion. I don't have a problem with people disliking me or having an opinion about me. Like, you know, take a ticket and have a seat. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm never going to get to you, but, you know, have a seat. Um, I just want to be around people who I know when I'm not around and I'm not in the room, my name is still protected. Gold. My character is protected. There is never a person who could bring up Erica, mom, any of my guy babies, Kayla, Chantel. They cannot bring their names up negatively. Um, You could even ask me a question and be like, oh, I felt like this interaction was a little weird. Do you have a little witch call? That's fine. But I think when it goes into the, into the, into the, territory of shit talking it's not going to happen and like commonly that's honestly how I've gotten into a lot of like scuttlebutts and shit like that growing up because like I'm usually the person who's actually protecting other people and like that's where a lot of my problems came from growing up because I'm a very loyal friend and you're not going to just talk shit about my friend in front of me like and I feel that but like There are actual people who will sit there and be like, yes, honey, and will be like, This is my boo, this is my boo. But then they'll get in the car and the first thing their boyfriend be like, You hanging out with that faggot again, huh? And they be like, Stop, don't say that. And then be all funny, right? Like. This shit isn't funny. Like, that's not funny that you sitting here thinking that you're friends with somebody or you're putting on the guy because you're not a friend. You're putting on the guys that you're a friend to somebody or an ally to somebody and the whole time, like, the person you're fucking is disrespecting them. I just could never. Like, I really could never. And I don't understand how a lot of y'all, like, let people put their dicks in y'all or, like, put their pussy on you and they're, like, fucking terrible people. Like, that's part of the thing. I really just feel like if this does not work out between me and this one partner, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do because, I'm finna have me a new role, and it's just that, like, I can't fuck nobody who ain't that girl. Like, I have to know you. I just feel like I have to know people's character at this point. It's just so much that, like, I've already survived. Like, I survived, like, two fucking years, three three years, going on three years of COVID. Like, ain't no motherfucking way that... I'm going to succumb to some nigga who has some shitty ideals.
1: <laughs> like, that's I'm Tito,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you real, okay? T.
0: Like, yeah, but that's really just it for me. Um, I don't know if you have anything
1: more, anything else to add. Fuck the BET Awards. Yeah. That's really it.
0: Yeah, pay for your porn let me stop no exactly that pay for your porn Um, (laughs) but if anybody does want to watch the BET awards this year you can catch them on BET and probably a few other channels like MTV VH1 and other like shit like that you know the conglomerate way it'll air on June 26th the day after my birthday Mm -hmm. at 8 o'clock p.m so watch it or don't either way I'll be 26 so send gifts yeah I don't know how this pivoted that way, but it did. <laughs> but again, June twenty fifth is my birthday. The BET Awards could never. Period. Yeah. Well, um, that was our last topic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is time for It's Giving, so let the girls know who we're supporting next, honey.
1: Um. So for our final It's Giving, our final Mutual Aid Fund, I decided I wanted to lift up um a local single mother. Um, Right now, she's um, unable to work because her newborn has been hospitalized for a heart condition. There's a hole in their heart, unfortunately. At the moment, she's in desperate need of funds to help with medical bills and rent utilities and honestly overall life because it's difficult. And she needs to provide for herself as well as her kid. Um, To donate, the Venmo is MER45. um, So that's at MER45. And when you go to, you know, hit the send, you comment medication so that she knows. And also, so that's kind of like, I I think that you get taxed sometimes if you're given a certain amount. So put medication in there when sending. So please, if you can, um, please give. Um, As a mother, this really just um, made my chest so tight to read. Um, I know that there's nothing worse than your child needing help. Um, and not being able to help them, but also not being able to provide. So like Rashi said, you know, if you're going to talk the talk, walk the walk, and please give to the single mother who is in need.
0: Period. I love that. Thank you for that, Aerie. Um, And well, friends, I think that we are coming up on time, and I am so, so, so happy to be back in your hearts and in your home. What did Blanca say? He was like, what, what did Lil' Poppy say? He was like, Do you, um... You still got a spot for me mom in my heart and in my home. Oh, I
1: love that. I was about to say equal opportunity, I was walking a poppy, right? Wasn't that Bronco I, th- I poppy.
0: believe so. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, but I got some things to do and given that we are recording this today before it comes out, I have to edit tape and then do marketing material, so we has to go on. But before we sign off, let me shoot you a question Erica cuz we didn't do our question in the beginning of the episode. Um what is one thing that you're looking forward to this summer? And what's another thing that you're looking forward to in just the general half of the second year? It is June, right? So we are at what six months of the year being over. And I think it deserves a little bit of reflection and just some forward thinking. So just give me what you got. Give me,
1: give me more. All right. So this is so I'm all right. So I'm going to do one thing that's kind of corny, and then the second thing that's actually wait. Okay, so that's cool. We love it. So I'm getting my birth control taken out um this this um this tuesday um because i've been having like terrible side effects and i also haven't been able to have sex because of it so i'm getting taken out so i'm looking forward to popping my pussy (laughs) um also for the second half of the year um i because i'm like i'm not able to work right now oh well you know well i'm able to work but unfortunately i haven't found any place i've been doing some um personal and professional development so i've been taking classes um, so I'm looking forward to being able to get these certifications so that I'm able to get a job that pays well, so I can provide for me and Shiloh. Um, and more importantly, I'm looking forward to my daughter turning two. Uh, time is flying so fast. I feel like I just gave birth to her. Um, so I'm looking forward to Shiloh's second birthday. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to just watching her grow, watching me grow, being able to provide for her. Um, and just honestly, her whole overall journey as we, you know, we go through this journey with her occupational and speech therapy, um, so her growth is very much what I look forward to, but you asked me, so what about you? So I'm definitely looking forward to my birthday and turning 26 this month. You're you're really old as shit. I'm actually young. No, I said what I said. No, I said what I said.
0: Forever young. Wasn't that sung by a white man? For some reason, I felt like he was trying to give like a little
1: African Bombada vibe. That's how I felt about Michael McDonald. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, But yeah, no, but besides that, I think for the summertime overall, um, you know, I booked some things as far as like fun things to do a lot of summer with you specifically. And I think that we haven't done a lot of going out in years, like, since the pandemic. Like, of course, we've, like, been over each other's homes and stuff like that. But I think you and I going out is, like, a different experience again. Like, even our first time technically going out together um, in, like, the last few years was literally on Friday when we went to the Queer Me Out And panel. it
1: was amazing. It
0: was. And, like, you know what I'm saying? I love being around Erica. Like, me and Erica, um, we're, like, halves. Like, we're better halves of each other. Like, we are literally only whole when we're together. Like, you know
1: what <laughs> I, nothing it don't matter i'm sorry I was about we to are say, like you know no i was about to say like what's the name of that project the other hands or whatever like but it, oh, it, okay um but you know like it's just
0: you know i just am happy to be and of course still being protected being masked up but i we definitely like have some things that we're going to do together um this upcoming like year like at the end of the summer, we're gonna go see um RuPaul's drag race. They're coming to, you know, just they're coming to Philadelphia. Um, even in like the second half of the year, we're gonna go see like in September, we're gonna go actually see Sibling Rivalry Podcast live with Bob and
1: Monet. It's and we're also and me and Rashid are also gonna start hosting play parties. Um, so we're really looking forward to <laughs> who said that. <laughs> child you better call out St.
0: Orochimaru honey okay um but like you know no none of that but um yeah so I think for like just the summertime I'm really just looking forward to like doing that like outward bonding again with Erica and spending more time with um them slash her because like we just haven't really had the chance to in the past few years and I think that with me working a lot and Erica being a mother and like having to do like occupational therapy with Shiloh and stuff, our time has really just been reclaimed in different ways. And it's not bad, but at the same time, we still have to make time for ourselves and each other because Erica still is like, even though my grandmother is my first love, my first love outside of like family wise like you know like birth family wise would have to be Erica.
1: Like Erica is the first person now who you I I'm love. sorry. Now you making me cry when give me, it me. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you today. I'm not, this, no, this wasn't real though. This wasn't in the script you guys. I don't know what to do
2: right
0: now. It's here. so real though. Like Erica is really like my first love like outside of like biological familial like erica is my family of course now mom is my family shiloh is my family but like she really is just my first love and like you don't realize like how much you miss something until you like experience it and i think with us going out and then spending the rest of that night together i was like oh wow like this is really how life used to feel
1: <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, and then you would probably, probably you know I always think back to when we went to Mad Max and we were like dancing outside and you just pulled oh, the pin. And, and I was like, Oh wait, yeah, and I was, was showing alive. my ass. Yeah, you know that Mad times. Max is
0: no longer there.
1: Yeah, the only one that's left is the one in Willow Grove. Oh, they're
0: probably on their way out soon too, then probably. Yeah, well, white people mm-hmm. love Mad Max, but I mean the one in Winwood was was like pretty white, so yeah, maybe you know maybe not. Um, but yeah, maybe. then I think for the second half of the year. I'm just, like I guess, looking forward to, like, career expansion, so, like, not necessarily saying I want to be a business owner, but I want to just start working on my, I want to start doing more social media, like, consultation and managing for, like, people, um, and maybe, like, having one job that I work for other people, and then, like, making, like, my second half of my revenue from that, because um, oh. I do a really amazing job with, like, social media, of course, and that's really a big skill of mine. And I think that- And there's a lot of money in it. Yeah, yeah. And even just calm work, communication work, to be honest, like press release statements, things of that nature. I think I'm really good at like managing people's like communication. And I think that like, that's something I want to step into. So maybe just like making a, a not necessarily a, yeah, it would be a small business, I guess, like just making a very small business for myself. Um, and just living on what I live on. Like, a lot of people don't realize like, yes, I've been very blessed. I want, I want to even say blessed because I'm not really religious. I want to say I've been very fortunate enough to kind of like sky rise into, I guess, like hometown, hometown fame, I guess, in Philadelphia. Hometown, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's opened uh, up you, like a lot of- You have a mural. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like open opportunities for me. And I like, I don't take any of those for granted. I'm very humble about all of the experiences. But the thing that people don't realize is you just can't live off Instagram. Like, even for the girls who be like, oh, they're TikTok influencers. Like that shit just doesn't last forever and you have to have other skills outside of that. Because what happens when you just no longer even have the creative juices to have your own page even if it is still relevant. Some there's always somebody bigger and better who is waiting to take your spot and that's why I just don't rely on Freedom John. I don't rely on Freedom John for a thing for me. Everything I've gotten is because I've gotten it from the muscle. My skills have gotten me to where I am with just a little bit of assistance from Freedom John and that's cool because like People underestimate my ability a lot. So when I get into spaces and I actually do way more than people realize I could do, they're like, Oh wait, like he like, he be eating. So I just want to kind of just like put more into myself and not necessarily say like selfish, but just be a little bit. Yeah. Just be a little bit more selfish um, and focus on me and my like, yeah my inner personal growth and i think that's really just it
1: yeah i like that i think those are good things to look forward to and also just want to say i love rashid very much um thing i i'm i'm very thankful for him um i think that he's probably one of like i'm not gonna say best things that happen because i'm because I, I would be wrong because i have to say shiloh like legally Period. like legally but rashid is definitely um the second best thing that happened to me i'm very um I, as mom would say favor. That was favor. Um having you know, stumbling upon Rashid in high school and then being able to reconnect um with him when I came when, when I was in college um or when I came back from college. in college or when I came back? One of the two, 2014, 2015. Anyway, yeah, but I'm very thankful and I'm very happy that we do have the relationship that we have and I'm looking forward to that growing. And I'm so happy that we're able to do the girls room together and so many other um endeavors. Um, so yeah. Yeah, very happy
0: and well i missed this and i know you did too and i hope our listeners did too and like i said we appreciate y'all sticking it out whenever we do our extended hiatuses but with that said we'll talk to folks in two weeks on monday june 20th which is the monday before my birthday
1: he really old <laughs> is he. he's really old but until then No, but until then, for for you can hit us up, as usual, on all of our social media platforms, the girls' room on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, We really do love interacting with y'all, and it helps um, bring us inspiration for what we really can talk and what we want to talk about. So please reach out and let us know what's tea with you. Also, Mr. Mouth, hit me up. Okay, shout out to Mr. Mouth. Mr. Mouth. Mouth. Okay. Mouth, dude.
0: And with that said, I am Rashid sitting here with Erica, a.k.a. Ficarita, a.k.a. Fat Badu, a.k.a. Clatoria, a.k.a. Eartha Clit. This has been episode 29 of The Girls Room. That's our show. Thank you for listening. And we will catch you on the other side, the other side, like Hannah Montana. Be well, spread some joy, and remember who is in charge of the girls. And that's on Della Reese.
2: Bye. Bye.